everyone, welcome to Game Face episode 154. We're a little out of sorts here. The MPD report was just dropped right before we kicked off the show. So we're kind of scrambling to get that information. Um, got a great show for you guys today. We actually had a really great week among the Sifted Massive. We had our Sifted 2019 Summit last Thursday. As a group of about, I don't know, about 70 or 80 of us got together and talked about the future of Sifted. Some really, really great ideas came out of it. Um, I want to thank everybody who participated. Um, it was very, very helpful, very constructive, very productive. Uh, since we had the summit, I've had a number of people reach out to me about a lot of the things that we discussed, uh, sent me emails or DMs and things like that. So there are big changes coming, folks. We're going to completely revamp and redo our Patreon. That should be happening in the next couple days. I should have some time to really dig into it and start making some changes. We have some content changes coming up as well. We're going to focus a lot more on Game Face and Pactor Factor, trying to get those out there uh, and do a better job uh, on YouTube as far as getting stuff up in a more timely manner and a quicker manner. Uh, speaking of which, folks on YouTube who are watching the show, thank you, first of all. Uh, second of all, if you can't afford to contribute to our Patreon, which I would really appreciate it if you could, even if you could just kick us a dollar a month. If we have the numbers at a dollar a month, it could really make a difference for us. But if you can't do that, um, please, uh, in the description, you can find the instructions on how to subscribe to us via Twitch Prime. It's very easy. Um, literally, it takes like three minutes when you do it the first time. Once you set it up, it is one click. You just have to go back every month to give us that one click to give us a free $2.50. It can make a big, big difference for us. So please, YouTube folks, help us out if you can. We'd really appreciate it. Anyway, uh, back to the summit. Uh, there's big changes coming to Sifted, not in pretty much every way. The website itself, I think, was one part of the summit that we never really got much closure on. And I haven't heard anything from anybody reaching out saying, hey, this is something I might be interested in. But we found people who want to do our social media, which is great. I've had a couple really long discussions with some Sifters about some insights that they have from where they work professionally. Um, so it was really, really good, really productive. You're going to see some changes definitively from that on Sifted and on our YouTube channel. So with that, did you get a chance to look at the MPD stuff by any chance? Not much of it. Okay. Um, well, we're going to talk very quickly about the MPDs before we roll on with the show that we have planned for you guys. So obviously this is big stuff and a week from now it won't matter. So we want to talk about it now. The big news, I guess, is just Switch. Switch mm -hmm. has become the top selling console for 2018. It also won December after winning November. I think in November, didn't it sell like PS4 and Xbox One combined and outsell, outsell them? I don't know. It definitely did that in December. I don't know about November. Yeah. Um, and a big part of it is, one, the Switch has great software. Um, mm -hmm. It had Smash. It had Pokemon. Um, so it had the software to do it. But I think also is what you're seeing, the decline of the PS4 and the Xbox One. It's like, who doesn't have one at this point that wants one? So... It's kind of a perfect storm for Nintendo right now. It's well, especially because the, the time to get a PlayStation was Thanksgiving yeah. when the Spider-Man bundle hit. And when there were just tons of deals around yeah. Black Friday and things like that. Um, and then the other part of it, too, is that, you know, as these, it's a perfect vortex for Nintendo right now. They're going up, the other guys are going down, and they're meeting at that crux right there where they can continue on up, while the other guys start thinking about PS5 and Xbox 2 and things like that. So... Uh, Nintendo is in a perfect place right now. I guess the question is, can it keep the software coming? And if it does, it should stay on this trajectory for quite a while. Mm -hmm. um, there doesn't look like there's any hard numbers, though, as far as how much Switch yeah. sold. Well, we usually don't get those too much. Uh, maybe, they'll, maybe they'll start to pop out as more people who get the report 
quietly leak it out. But, uh... Yeah, it says here, Nintendo Switch generated the highest December month hardware dollar sales for a single platform since the Wii in December of 2009. So that's, that's pretty impressive. To even flirt with the Wii's success during that time period is a pretty big deal. However, um, that is total dollars. And that was one thing that the fanboys were going back and forth with over November. It was, okay, well... It was Nintendo, we're talking dollar amounts here, not actual consoles sold. So um, in November, obviously, with all those Black Friday deals, PlayStation and Xbox didn't generate a ton of money because they chopped $100 off of the console. So the con- I think console-wise, PS4 actually outsold Switch in November as mm-hmm. far as the number of consoles sold. But when you talk about the, m- the amount of money generated, yeah. Nintendo comes out on top. And I don't know if that's the case for December or not. Um, I don't know, but the... Here we this article on VentureBeat does say that uh, for the entire year, for all of 2018, uh, the Switch w- uh, came out on top in both units and dollars. Okay. So maybe not for December, but for all of 2018, Nintendo sold the most units and made the most money. That's great. Uh, but there are annual, no hard annual, numbers. Annual units and dollar sales of Switch are the highest annual total for a hardware platform since PlayStation 4. In 2015, which, is, if you'll recall, was the wildfire year for the PlayStation yeah. 4. That was the sweet spot for the PS4. We're kind of hitting yeah. the sweet spot for Switch, Switch is hitting right its now. point. Although I think that for Switch is going to kind of straddle 2018 and 2019. Because 2019, fingers crossed, should have a better uh, overall software lineup. I think for us, it will. Yeah. I think for the casuals, probably not so much. Yeah. Because we're all over things like Metroid Prime and stuff like that, and Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing will do very well. Animal Crossing is one of you know, people don't realize it, but Animal Crossing is one of Nintendo's top four. It's one of its pillars. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, people don't realize it because it's one of those quiet games that people don't talk yeah. a lot about. In terms of like just like sales numbers, and like you're pretty much looking at Mario, Zelda, Pokemon, Animal Crossing, uh, Splatoon. At this point, those are your those are your top five yeah. Nintendo franchises right now. It's not Metroid. Metroid does not generally sell all that. Metroid well. has never been no. So they've um, got Metroid. They got. But I don't think Animal Metroid Crossing. is this year. So. They got a legit Pokemon. Yeah, legit Pokemon will help, especially Luigi's Mansion Three. Especially in the wake of Detective Pikachu. Yep. Um, Luigi's Mansion Three. What else? I don't know. There's got to be a couple more things. Fire Emblem. Yeah, the Fire Emblem. I mean, it Treehouses. looks like they might have a pretty good game for every month this year. Yeah, I don't think I mean, you're going to see, like, the, the early to mid part of 2018 was a little sparse. Uh, I don't think you're going to see that so much this year. Um, and even if you do a couple places, you're going to have the... Uh, you know, software sales are not a concern for the Switch. Software yeah, sales uh-huh. do really well. Like yep. the, 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 the question was always moving more hardware. And uh, they did. I mean, we'll see, you know... We don't have the numbers. They don't have any numbers, so you can't tell. It's hard to say if, like, oh, you beat PlayStation 4 because PlayStation 4 did really well, but Switch did even better, or because everybody... Yeah, but, but, but most yeah. stuff is year over year seems to be an improvement, especially accessories. Uh, accessories up year over year, like 8% or something. You know, har- accessories year over year for December is 29%. That's crazy. It's the first time it's ever hit a billion. That's crazy. For accessories. What are they Switch stuff. Really? I promise. Like, remember like when Joy-Cons. I said? Yeah. Remember when I said the whole point of the Switch is to sell you overpriced you did say accessories? That, yeah. Like that. It's working. It's working. <laughs> Joy Cons are crazy expensive, man. I can't believe how much they charge for those things. But we don't have any hard numbers yet as far as how many Nintendo yeah. sold. So I would guess that would probably pop out tomorrow or later tonight. Yeah. It's funny. It's become kind of this meta thing to find to follow if Nintendo's going to hit this twenty million target. Yeah. Right there. The 
Gamepad uh, Piscatella in the article says Gamepad spending gains were the primary driver of the increase. Uh, the Nintendo Switch Pro controller was the month's best-selling accessory in dollar sales. That makes sense. So that's uh, that's from the Venture Beat article. Um, who was so for November, Piscatella? I think Nintendo had sold what two uh, million. NPD, NPD analyst Matt Piscatella. That's Matt P- quoted in the Venture Beat article. Yeah. And uh, I think in November, N- Nintendo sold, what, 2 million Switches, I think it was? I don't remember. That sounds about right. It was right. like around there. So I'm guessing they probably did the same maybe a little more in December with it's Smash. Probably, probably closer to 3 million just for, just for Christmas yeah. gift buying. December's a big month for Nintendo. Yeah. Every year. Always is. Yeah. That's why, at the be- you remember, at the beginning of the year, the... the the Pactor factor that, that everybody makes fun of where he said eight million they were on track to sell eight million, but he right. specifically says they're on track to sell eight million what they've sold so far. You cannot predict the holiday bump, which is going to happen. So all he could say at the time was, This is what they're tracking to do. That is not what they're going to sell because yeah. you have to wait and see what the bump for the holiday is. Yeah, and I think the, the holiday bump was significant. Because the last figure we got was like five million. For the fiscal so far, like going into the holiday season, it was five point one million yeah. sold. So they for the did year. two in November, so that gets you to seven. Yeah, eight. I don't, also don't, I don't think the five point one million included October, which I really, okay. which wasn't a big huge month, but it's yeah. still there was that's still numbers it counts. Yeah, um, yeah, two point. I mean, they're probably. I mean, also, are we talking worldwide at that point? Or I don't talking, think it is. I think this is just U.S. Yeah, U.S. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, my guess would be that. Uh, they're closing in on 15 million. You think? For the year worldwide? Uh, oh, wor- the worldwide. Yeah. Yeah. US, they're probably around 10 or 11, I'm guessing right now. Yeah. And get another 8, 9 million out of the next 3 months, that's going to be pretty tough. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. But regardless, holy cow, Nintendo's doing amazing. Also, another game that's doing amazing is Red Dead Redemption 2. Yep. For the first time in I don't know how long, a Five game years. outsold Call of Duty. It's the first time since 2013 that Call of Duty hasn't been the best-selling game of the year. Yep, and not only that, this year has a good guess, Call of Duty. guess what the best-selling game in 2013 was? Oh, Red Dead? Grand Theft Auto. Uh, Grand Theft Auto. I should have known that. That was um, So, yeah, if, basically, unless you're Rockstar, you have no chance. forget about it. <laughs> it's impressive, though. Yeah. I mean, Especially for, a, for a, you know, what before 20, 2018 probably would not have been considered one of, one of uh, Rockstar's, you know, mainline huge series but they yeah. turned it into it they, yeah, turned, they, they made it happen yeah so yeah um and it, and it, what i was saying earlier is that it's a good call of duty game too it's not like ghosts or something right where like half the right. user base is kind of like eh, like people love black ops 4 i love black ops 4 yeah, so I think the article venture beat and a couple other articles i've been looking at here say that the it was a, it was close yeah it was real close um and uh to the point that on Twitter there was some speculation that if uh, Black Ops had had a PC ver- or if uh, Black Ops had a PC version, I think uh, it does have a PC. It does have a PC version. Yeah. They mm. just usually don't count those in MPDs because yeah. they don't sell box copies of right because they PC there's no versions. physical. Yeah. So that might you know who knows if you count everything. Yeah, I mean keeping in mind that MPD never counts digital. I yeah. mean that's just something that it never does. Which is you know which makes me wonder what the actual Smash Brothers total is because right. I feel like that was a pretty strong digital seller. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's the kind of game you don't want to have to switch cartridges for. You want to just be able to start it up. I yep. sure, I bought it digitally. Yeah, I think a lot of people probably did. But uh, yeah, congratulations to Nintendo. Well deserved. They had a great lineup. And, and the same is probably true of Black Ops. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. And we'll, we never rarely ever get the digital totals. No, that's well because that's 
proprietary information for the for the first parties and why yeah. would they want to share that? I mean, eventually they will say, like probably months from now, they'll be like, yeah. Call of Duty has sold 12 right. million. Right, like Activision or, or Rockstar will eventually brag that yeah. like we've sold a total of this many. Right. But like you still won't know how that breaks down or, or how that relates to the NPD in the end. Yeah. But in the end, I would not say, you know, it is entirely possible that uh, you could in the end see the, the totals that Activision puts up from Call of Duty be bigger than that of Red Dead Redemption. I also wonder too if we're, if this is like the first time I could remember Sony kind of not doing great in November and December, and I wonder if finally they did do great in November though. Yeah, I mean, for a console that's six years old. Yeah, but they sold more units in November. They did because um, of that Spider-Man deal. Yeah, I'm just wondering if this is the first time we've kind of seen Sony get pinched for not really having a Q4 lineup. Because Sony never really does. Like the last several years, mm-hmm. there hasn't really been a blockbuster game that came well, out. Well, they don't even have a, anything lined up. Right, at this right. Point. Like, <laughs> we don't even know what we're going to be playing this year. Like if you bought a PlayStation uh, in the last month, you bought it because you want to play something that's already out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Not it something wasn't that in preparation out. for something else. I mean, I'm sure there's people that would. I don't know. I don't know if you if you're interested in Death Stranding. I don't know if you don't already have a PlayStation yeah. Four. Yeah. But um, the 20, you know, 2019 is such a giant blank for Sony beyond. Uh, days gone, presumably dreams. That like, what's you know, what's your hype? Yeah. You know? I mean, it, and like, they're not it, even going to be at E three. I mean, like, the crazy part is it has never hurt Sony in the past. I mean, it's right. ne- it has not had a big Q four game. I don't know if it's ever had one for the PS four. Um, Can you think of any? Not re- not that wasn't multi platform and just sort of lead right. lead platform. Yeah. Um, they don't do a lot of yeah. They don't do a lot of like, huge Q four stuff. Yeah, they get all their stuff out before then. Yeah, they front weight the year with their exclusives a lot because mm-hmm. that's where you need yeah. the balance. I mean, even Last of Us was June. Because they have so much third-party support, they don't really have to prop up Q4. They can yeah. let the third parties have their way with it. So, But this may be the first year where we maybe saw people eyeing up the lineups and saying, wait a minute, there's nothing really new for PS4, and here's Smash and Pokemon, and, and plus now I can get Mario and Zelda and whatever else that they're into. So congratulations to Nintendo. Well-deserved. They've done a great job with that platform. And congratulations to Rockstar for finally dethroning Call of Duty. That is no small feat. And I will say this, the marketing for Red Dead Redemption 2 is just relentless. Mm-hmm. Relentless. I cannot go a day without seeing either a print ad on Twitter or some website or watching TV and seeing a commercial. Still. Like, the amount of money that Take-Two puts behind one game, it must just dwarf any other publisher. I mm-hmm. mean... The entire holiday season, sitting around watching TV with the family, it was just Red Dead over. I can't tell you how many times random people were like, is that any good? Hmm. <laughs> because they've seen the commercial so many times that they're like, is that any good? They, they're like, here's Game Dude that I know. Maybe he could tell me if this game is any good. Like, they all are aware of it, which is pretty crazy for, like, my family, for them to know about a game. It just hardly ever happens. So Rockstar's marketing, it knows how to do it. And it mm-hmm. will, I guarantee you we'll see ads for this probably three, four months from now still running on television. The same one, too. I've seen that same Red Dead ad so many stinking times. Yeah. Well, they only need to put the one up and just saturate NFL broadcasts with it. Yeah, it and, works, obviously. And NBA. Yeah. So. Yep. So there you go. Congratulations. We'll probably get more details over the next day or two. And as always, you'll be able to find that at sifted.net. So let's get on with the show that we had planned and pre-produced for today. Uh, the first game we're going to talk about is Ace Combat 7. Probably the biggest, definitely the biggest. In fact, probably the only big game that's come out over the last week. Yeah. 
couple yeah. indies here and there. But a couple indies in the port of uh, New Super Mario Brothers. That's yep. about it. And we talked about that last week. So biggest game of the week, undoubtedly, Ace Combat Seven was kind of the poster child for PlayStation VR when it the marketing was revving mm-hmm. up for PlayStation VR. In every montage, it was definitely the VR. one that you could look at in the lineup of the early VR stuff, PlayStation VR stuff, and be like, "Oh, look, a real game." Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and we're, we'll get to the VR part of Ace Combat in a minute, but let's talk about kind of the core experience. Matt, you are a huge Ace Combat fan, mm-hmm. and so from a fan's perspective, what, how are you feeling about it? It's great. Like it's Ace Combat back again uh, after. 12 years of basically dormancy because, uh, you know, there were two Ace Combat game, main, uh, you know, console Ace Combat games in the meantime, but uh, Assault Horizon was a, a weird, bastardized hybrid where they tried to make it more like Call of Duty. And, like, there was a lot of, like, there was a lot of, like, like almost QTE-style dogfighting tricks. Like, you could, like, like you, you'd, like to catch up with guys you had to like hit do like a button combo and like there was like they spent a lot of time making you fly helicopters which is not what we're here to to do it was very weird and then ace combat infinity was a free-to-play online game that was pretty legitimately ace combat but like just the the grind was really hard and long and if you weren't willing to spend like you were just not going to unlock much very long and you were just playing the same missions over and over again and the co-op was fun but and like a couple times they did some cool uh, events like they did an event where Godzilla and Mechagodzilla showed up, and you had to like team up with people and, <laughs> and shoot them and blow, cool. blow them up. That was yeah. fun, but like, I mean, it's not like the series is rooted in realism. No, like. not at all. Um, but like, this is the return to the classic. We have, you know, it takes place in in Strange Real, the uh, the alternate world that they've taken place in since Ace Combat Four. Um, it it covers some weird over overly melodramatic uh, conflict between two nations whose names sound suspiciously similar. Um, the CG cutscenes are basically soap operas that have almost nothing to do with the actual game you're playing. I couldn't follow the plot um, in this game hardly at all. It's very. And I hadn't. I could not figure out how it related to like anything. It's just. As far it's, as what? Well, it's not as the the, the issue with. Um, the, with the story in this is that it's not as over the top as six was six goes just balls to the walls like soap opera melodrama like the the dialogue is cheesy beyond all recognition the catchphrase of people running around saying go dance with the angels mister is like the killer insult and you're like what are you talking about and like it was you know most of it is like this blonde woman trying to find her mother her her daughter like walking as a refugee through streets and like monologuing endlessly about like the nature of like existence and stuff it's just it's there's nothing that fun in in this one it's well, see, it's more of a straightforward war story i obviously story. haven't played them as much as you have but i have played a lot of them and the one thing i would say about the ace combat stories before is that they were so bad that they were good yeah like it was so off kilter and weird and non sequitur that I still enjoyed the stories because I would laugh along at them. But this game, the story, it, it's not so bad that it's good. Right. It's just sort of mildly bad. And um, <laughs> the I, I don't know. I've go past mildly. I think. Well, I mean, if you're used to like basically anime stories, this is what it is. Yeah. And that's true. Um, which is worse than moderately bad, in my opinion. And, but. Uh, eh, it's it's there's still some fun stuff. I don't think they're intentionally fun things. Uh, 
like early on there's a, there's a um, uh, I don't know if you got it in like footage but there's a there's a cutscene with a princess of the 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 kingdom that's invading the good guy country she goes to visit some these girls at this airstrip and she comes down to see them and there's a dog with them but the the long shot of her talking to the girls is like a you know CG cutscene of the girls talking to each other and there's just this still photo of a dog just pasted, pasted <laughs> just pasted onto the f- and it's real obvious like it's super like the dog is just sitting there not moving it's just a photo of a dog and i'm like that is hilarious i don't know why that's there or why they just i mean i guess it's better than like a terrible model of a dog like slapped in there but it's like it's you're not fooling anyone if, if, if put it that way now the story um, is about like this girl who is a pilot who gets captured and goes to prison. Partly. Like, Partly. <laughs> she's, she's, she builds, she built a plane and... With her dad with her grandpa, and her grandpa. And, like, and then she just, she, the first time she um, takes it up, uh, the Erusians invade her country and shoot her down. <laughs> yeah. And she gets captured as a POW and taken to a, a, a like a, basically a camp where they... Um, Make them make fake make them, planes. Make her, they make her make <laughs> fake planes, which is a real thing. I like know, that's I a, know, you know yeah. that's a real That's a real thing, like a fake base like with props, inflatable... Like yeah. to get people to inflatable, attack yeah, cause yeah. It, and, and of course, at one point, you do... And the way that... The interesting thing here is that, like, usually the stories in these games barely intersect at all with the gameplay missions. But in this, early on, an inexplicable plot twist happens where you try to rescue the president of your country... Uh, from a space elevator, and yeah. he gets shot down, and all your wingmates blame you. Yeah, is there any way like, to complete that mission without? No, that's the plot point. Like, okay. that's, that's the whole plot of the rest of the game. <laughs> is like your character gets sent to the same prison as the girl from the cutscenes, and at one point the the enemy attacks that fake base, and you get sent up to essentially. Um, make it look like you're actually putting up resistance, but you're so good at what you do that everyone's like, whoa, we should have this guy fighting for... It's like you did fight for them, but it doesn't make any sense because, like, if you really had shot the missiles and shot down the president's, like, evac thing, like, your flight recorder would say that. Like, you'd be able to tell... I actually did shoot it down. But uh, I don't think you're supposed to be able to do that. Um so it's, it's it's but it's again it's one of those like really weird contrived things that Ace Combat stories are basically all about. Yeah, the, I guess the bottom line is the story is not going to motivate you to keep and, playing. Um, no, I mean it shouldn't. It never it never has. Yeah. But like, and the uh, oh this is the this is this the cutscene with the uh, the dog. If we eventually get to it, <laughs> we'll um, keep our eyes no, open. It? No, maybe this is the other guy. It, it, that guy is in it though. Um. So and like the the thrust of like kind of like the the twist on this in terms of mission design is that um, the Erusians use a lot of uh, drone fighters. Drone. Um, the word yeah. drone is used a lot yeah. in the script in this yeah. game. In fact, I believe a the reset lot. era thread about this game is called Game of Drones. That makes sense. Um, yeah. So yeah, drones and UAVs are are a big factor. The Erusians capture a bunch of experimental drones, and like which is what that big like flying wing that was dropping the white drones out of it was. Yeah. Um, and so there's a big kind of theme in this game of like 
manned flight versus unmanned flight. Yeah, they talk about it constantly. Yeah, all the, there's one of your constantly. one of the wingmen is just like just hates drones and yeah, doesn't all gets offended do. when like like the like the 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 AWACS guys bring up that there's drones. Coming. He's like, right. you're just gonna tell me there's drones coming and and not apologize. I'm like, no. Why would you? <laughs> I'm sorry yeah. that reality involves drones, dude. Yeah, yeah okay. the in-cockpit banter gets old real fast. Particularly because, and this is a good way for us to segue into the way the game plays, you're going to end up playing these missions several times before you, at least for me, several times before you complete them. So when you boot the game up, it defaults to easy difficulty. And that mm. never happens. And I booted it up and I was like, what? I'm like, who puts their game on easy by default? So I put it on normal. Now I see why it was set to easy by default. Yeah, I do think... Um, this game is hard, people. I do think this is the hardest game in the series. Um, uh, it's, not, it's never been a super hard series. If, if you've like, you got a handle on, on kind of how air combat works, it's not a, it's not a sim by any stretch of no, imagination. No, but like, you do need to know kind of basic air combat tactics. So the two th- reasons I would say it's hard is a they're much more a- the enemies are much more active about shooting missiles at you and not giving you a break. Um, so there oh, are, it's just missile. There missile, are points where missile, like missile, 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 so, the whole time. So there are points when you are going to just be spending a lot of your time like breaking off what you're trying to do to dodge. Yeah. So um, if you're watching this footage right now, you're probably watching like what the hell is Shane doing? I am dodging missiles. You can't hear mm-hmm. the audio, but when you play this game, literally, once you're engaged. Until you finish the engagement, it's just missile, missile, beep, 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 missile, missile, beep, 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 missile, the other, uh, the other reason it's hard is it's the first game in the series that I'm aware of that does not have a training mode. Yeah, and it does uh, a terrible job of teaching you. Like, I played the first four missions without ever realizing that I had to hit triangle to lock on enemies. Mm-hmm. Because the game does a terrible do- job of teaching you anything. It, well, it, assume, it very much assumes that you've played them before, which is weird for a game that I assume is going to be one of the most widely played games in the series. For sure, I mean, yeah. just because of the nature of when it's coming out and, you know, that people have heard of it. Yeah, it's been um, seven years as well since the last one came Every out. other Ace Combat has very extensive tutorial sections where you, I mean, where it teaches you how to f- go up and down right. and then teaches you how to, you know, then this, a separate well, this tutorial. this game does teach you that. It yeah, teaches it, you the basics. But it doesn't even, te- but I'm talking about like you had separate things that taught you every individual basic thing about every individual way that the planes operate and, you know, what this means and what that does and how to do this and how to do that. And this you get a little yellow text thing that pops up at the top that maybe you see, maybe you don't. Yep. And I know how to do all this stuff, so it wasn't really bothering me. But, like, if you've never played these games before, like, I don't know how you're getting... Like, for instance, do you know how to do a high G turn? Yeah. Like, it tells you that once. It did, it did tell me that, like, yeah. Oh, and there is dialogue that indicates, like, you guys know how to do a high G turn, you do that. And it's like, so... But if you don't know how to do that, if you miss that... You're not dodging many missiles. Yeah. Like, the, that's key to dodging missiles is waiting for them to kind of get Honestly, right up on you and then high G out of their I way. I didn't have any problem dodging missiles at all. Like, I never even really use, like, my chaff. Like, you get five of them per ship flares or whatever. Are, flares are only for, like, really high. And, like, if you get later on when you're up against, like, the stealth fighters with the, the variable uh, uh, nozzles where they can, like, 
literally 180 in midair like yeah. then you're gonna have like you're gonna have you know, i've had like five missiles on me at once and i'm just like okay i just gotta blow the, the flares and and hope that they all go for that and usually it works but you don't get a lot of flares in this game like five you yeah. get five and it used to get more in the old ones as i recall um but really just to get rid of missiles like you can just bank turn or you can even just go up and down it just sometimes it's it so annoying. It depends what's being shot at you. Like Sam's are not very accurate, so you can right. sort of just bank around while you're doing ground targets. But if you've got like you know, MiG thirty ones on you and they fire something and you don't, you know, actually work to dodge it at least to do a hard bank, like it's going to tag you. If I concentrate on not getting hit by missiles, I won't get hit by missiles. But after a while, the game just wears you down. Like I got so sick of dodge. I felt like what I was doing probably. 60 to 70 percent of the time I was playing was just dodging missiles because they're just non-stop yep. it's well that's part of the the thing with like you know the drone the drones in this because like the real missile dodging bonanzas are when they throw fleets of the drones at you because the drones can just like do you know yeah. the advantage of unmanned aerial vehicles is they can pull maneuvers that would make a, a human pilot pass out basically yeah and so they're doing stuff that you can't keep up with they're doing stuff that like you're like well he just passed me head on how has he already got a lock on me and it's because he was able to just flip the, the thing around and go to guns on you because people are locked on you like the whole game yeah <laughs> like the whole game it's uh, you you are really you are always working to keep track of defense versus offense, which in the previous games, uh, especially six, um, as long as you were still moving, you were probably not going to get locked onto all that often. Like, event sometimes you pick somebody up and all you do is you, know, you switch your switch your target, flip around, get them off you, or, or command your wingmen to help you. Um, wingmen are not as big a deal in this yeah. game, um, in part because, like, you know, you're at one point branded a traitor, and so there's not a lot of, like, squadron communication happening. East Combat 6 had a big emphasis on commanding your wingmen and yeah. telling them to do you other things. You could actually take control stuff. of what they were doing, yeah. Um, so there are changes to that, and you know, here you see that's, there's a bunch of uh, drones uh, literally blocking... Your missiles, missiles from hitting the... From hitting the, the key target. That's, yeah. that, that's happened a couple times. Um, which is cool. I mean, that's, that's a real thing they'll do, uh, in theory. Um, in theory. <laughs> but... Um, so yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's. I like it. It's. It's Ace Combat. I've again. enjoyed it in parts. Um, I just. I'm. I don't know. I'm like on mission twelve, and I think you said there's twenty there's missions. Twenty missions. Yeah. There's no way I'm going to finish this game. It's. Uh, I mean, it's. It's what I wanted. I love uh, jet combat stuff, uh, especially arcade with a more of an arcade angle on it. Um, so it's exactly what I wanted. Uh, I wish the story was a little more gonzo. Uh, either like better or worse. Right. <laughs> it's right. like in this weird middle ground. <laughs> right. I, I either make it like full... Like basically, they, they had to pick a, a lane and they and they ended up just sort of driving down the center divider. Yeah. And uh, that just doesn't make anybody happy, I feel. Uh, music's great. Uh, music's always great in this series. Um I hardly even noticed it, to be it's, honest. Uh, you know, it's fairly pretty. I think it's, it's a little odd that there's no HDR. Um, like, if you're playing it in, like, 4K, or there's no HDR, it doesn't go to 4K, it's 1080p. Um, it's a pretty game, which definitely. is Which is yeah. because they're trying to get the frame rate up. Um, I would say that if you do not have a Pro or an X, pass, because they, really? they play poorly on those. Oh, I didn't um, know that. I don't know. I mean, you've been playing on a standard? No, I've got, got a Pro You got a Pro, yeah. that's right. They, the frame rate and is, it does incorporate super frame rate's sampling. not great on standard PS4, and it is a the whole performance is abysmal on a vanilla Xbox really? One. Really? I mean, I don't expect too many people watching this or 
are playing on an Xbox One. Especially vanilla, an OG vanilla. one. Although right. I still am. I still only have an OG um, Xbox. So I would say I, you're, you're, and even the the Xbox One X version is is mostly uh, better because of the raw horsepower. It's not designed to take advantage of that. If you watch the Digital Foundry video, they run all this down very clearly, and you can make a more educated decision. In the end, I went with the uh, PlayStation PS4 Pro version. That's what I'm playing. Um, the other thing is uh, the PlayStation Four. Both games come with. An old game, an old Ace Combat. So if you get um, uh, the PS4 version, you get a actually really nice uh, updated version of Ace Combat Five, which I would argue is the best game in the series. Uh, if you get the Xbox One, you get uh, Ace Combat Six, which is also now backwards compatible. If you if you have a disc version of the 360 version, you stick it in the Xbox now, it will work. Uh, you know, with upres and the whole thing. Um, if you bought it digitally, I don't think they've sent the codes out for that, but they said it'll have the, here's the trick on those. If you care about those old, the five and six, one or the other, or both, they go away after I believe February 18th and Namco has said they will never sell them separately. Hmm. So especially for Ace Combat 5, if you want Ace Combat 5 on your PS4, find a way to get this game before February 18th. I think we should mention again though, that this game is really challenging. Yeah. Um, and I would recommend playing it on easy. I wish, in hindsight, that I had listened to Bandai Namco and played it with what they had set it up for. I, I probably maybe would make it through the game on I easy. Don't find I don't know. It, I don't maybe. find it that hard. Uh, I'm playing on normal. Um, I, f- I feel like hard would be very hard. Um, I have been shot down several times. I've been shot down more in this game probably than I have in the last three Ace Combats combined. It's definitely the hardest game in the series in my it's opinion. Not, it's not even that I get shot down. It's that like a lot of missions have conditions. It's like you have to take out all these planes before these planes escape. Mm-hmm. Or you have to complete, you have to take out all these planes within a time limit. And what happens is... I am, because the other thing that I would say about this game is I spend probably 40% of my playtime not even watching the screen, but just looking at the radar. Because it's a dogfighting game, so you're always trying to get behind the enemy. So you just look at your radar for that red dot, and I'm just watching the radar playing, just trying to get myself oriented so I'm behind the enemies. And then I'll look at the screen, spot the enemies, lock on, and take them down. So that's um, interesting. I almost never look at the radar. I literally used well this part. You have to like this weird stealth crap that's in here, where you have to fly between like the radar things. Oh yeah, that that thing is for sure. But that but I literally play well, like tracking the, enemy planes. I use the 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 target locator. See, it took me forever to even figure out how the target. Lo- I I didn't figure out until you told me because mm-hmm. the game doesn't explain it. Like I was like, why? Because what happened was I was like, I don't understand why my missiles will never lock on. Like I've literally right. had this guy dead to rights for like. 30 and seconds. And I thought you... I See, I didn't even understand what you were saying. I thought you were having range problems. Because the range on standard missile lock-on range in this game is like a third of what it was in the old game. Well, the reason I couched it that way was because I didn't know what was going on. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, wait a minute. Maybe my missiles just aren't locking because they don't have the range. And then I watched some crazy expert play this game on YouTube, which blew my freaking mind. Like... If you want to have some fun, play this game for a little bit and then go watch any videos from YouTube channel, a, an Ace Combat fan. And this guy plays this game. It's like it's a different game. It blew my mind. And I started watching him play it. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, he's locking onto ships like nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's when I texted you. And I'm like, what is going on here? I'm missing something. And sure enough, I was. 
and that was you needed to tap triangle or on Xbox Y to lock on to the ships. And once I did that, the game became like the mission that I was stuck on finished first try after I found that. And then the next mission I finished on in like two or three tries. But like after that, the missions just started becoming really challenging. And then they started repeating like the objectives. It's like after I did like my second like um, escort mission, I was like, I don't really want to do any of these anymore. And then all kind of the mission style started cycling and repeating over. And that's where I just kind of mm -hmm. lost There's interest. There's only so many things planes do. Yeah, you're right. So. I mean, it's just a limitation of the, the subject matter. Um, I've had some fun playing this game. I would not pay money for this game. I'm very glad that and thankful that Bandai Namco sent this to me um, because if I had paid money for it, I think I would have regretted it. Um, I don't know. I don't have enough expertise in Ace Combat like you do to say it's like the best or the worst in series history. I would say I roughly enjoyed it about as much as the other Ace Co Combat games mm -hmm. that I've played. I played it for roughly about the same length as other Ace Combat games, so I guess it snared me just about as much as the other ones. Um, I'd, I'd say it's it's no five, um, but I would say gameplay wise and mission mission wise, it's on par with six. The the gameplay's good. Like the controls are good. It feels right. It feels accurate. The aiming reticle makes sense. Um, while you're actually in the dogfights, it's it's a fun game to play. But then things kind of start looping around, and things get increasingly difficult, more difficult, mm. and it, I just kind of lost interest after a while. Like if you're into the uh, you know if you're into the plane stuff. You know, this is and and you like it's the like old Ace Combat porn. I mean, yeah. it really is. It's if you like the old Ace Combat, is exactly what porn. you're expecting, exactly yeah. what you want. Ships look great. Like you really get a good idea. I would of also scale. say if you've never played this before, I mean, all the footage here is captured in third person. Play it in first person. Like this, this game should be played with no cockpit, but just the HUD first person. It like makes, you're sitting on the front of the plane, basically. Pretty much. Yeah. Like it makes it, you know, basically like, uh, yeah, like hood cam. Yeah, in, uh, <laughs> it's hood in, cam. Uh, Forza. Oh, what, before we move on, what about uh, the VR stuff? Because this was obviously mm. a big kind of the poster child for PlayStation VR early on. How does it, how um, is it? VR is great. The problem is there's only three missions and it's over in about 30 minutes. Wow. Um, After all that, 30 minutes of content. Yeah, well, originally, back in the day, they said five to seven missions. Uh, we, we ended up with three. Um, they're all really good. They're very, they're very different. Um, the first one is sort of a just take off from the carrier and then dogfight a bunch of guys. The second one is a, is a, basically a ground defense mission. So there's a lot of ground targets and then air air targets. I hate those missions. And then the um, the third one is uh, you're you're after a particular large target uh, in in a mountainous area and you get jumped by stealth fighters who okay. are the hardest hardest things in the game and um, that one is just that one is just like pure dogfighting skills, which is pretty great. But they're all about ten minutes long if you don't die. And uh, I got shot down by the stealth fighters a couple times, so that was it. And um, but I mean everything's great. Like it's it's not quite this. It's not the same as the the mainline mission. So you can only play as an F fifteen, F eighteen. Sorry, F eighteen. Uh, the Hornet, right? Yeah, it's fully fully modeled cockpit, fully modeled pilot body. You can look down and see yourself. The pilot's hands operate the controls the way you're moving them, like with, in terms of steering with the stick, uh, throttle, uh, and moving his feet uh, for yaw, like for, for the runners. Cool. Yeah. Uh, you can look around. It's like the lighting effects on the canopy are really good. Um, the be and it uses the modern, um, obviously it uses the modern thing where um, the he m m much of the heads-up display is on the helmet. Uh, that's also a nice thing is like for once it doesn't feel weird to be wearing a big like, heavy <laughs> thing on your head because you're supposed to be you're wearing a big You're supposed to be wearing a helmet, yeah. 
Um, so it's it's got a really good sense of place and really good sense of like the lighting is actually a little better than I would say than the main game. Interesting. Uh, in terms of like how it's reflecting off the canopy and uh -huh. sort of like like it's using the lighting to kind of sell the look, sell the the atmosphere better. Cool. Um, and Flyner, it's got a really good sense of just speed and, and height and flight. It's great. Um, the best part is because of the use of the HUD as part of the helmet, like, as opposed to kind of one of the frustrations when you first start playing a game like this, especially these, you know, when you've, if you've never played before, um, you're trying to follow the guy you're dogfighting with, you're, you're targeting, and you're, he's off screen, and as soon as you get, you turn and get him on screen, He's changed direction. You didn't know it, and now he's he goes right past you. Yeah, him. that happens all so the time. So in VR, you can move your head and look up and follow him with your eyes, even though the plane can't keep up. Right. So basically, you're following them like a real pilot. That's why the canopies are big bubbles. Yeah, yeah. In, in, so you can in, see in real life. Yeah. So you can look up and like follow him behind the plane, and you're basically steering your plane to like catch up to your eye line. And that is a uniquely satisfying experience that just doesn't, you can't really replicate that yeah. with, a, with a screen in front of you. Absolutely. With no and, so, and so it is great. The other thing is the, ep the kind of the epilogue at the end of the third, um, the third mission hints very strongly that there's probably more coming. So like you they think they're going to take those other three or four missions that were supposed to be a part of the game and sell them as I DLC? I think they'll finish them later and sell them as DLC. Wow. Because if there's one thing Ace Combat does, it's sell you <laughs> DLC. Um, I feel like there will be more VR and you'll have to probably have to pay for it. That's a little dirty. A um, little bit, but they are great and I'll buy yeah, them. Yeah, it sounds like the experience um, is, is worth it almost. I mean, I would, I would play, I would buy a whole Ace Combat game. It was just that. Yeah. Like, but obviously, it's a very. Limited. I kind of thought that's what this was going to be. To be honest, so, a lot of people <laughs> did. My girlfriend certainly, certainly thought they. She thought they delayed it to make the whole game VR. Right. Yeah. Which, um, I mean, that's a niche audience. Maybe it would have made sense if the PlayStation VR had sold like break, like a breakout or if Sony hit kind had of thing. It. Or if so, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Um, it's also noteworthy that there are no VR trophies. Really? Like, because they don't want to lock people that don't have a PlayStation right. VR out of getting the Platinum. Yeah, yeah. Even though you're never getting the Platinum, because holy crap. Some I of the, some of those Some of those some of those trophies, I'm like, nope, I'm not getting that. I'm not getting... <laughs> I just, um, just finishing this game, I think, on normal or higher is an accomplishment. Like, let alone yeah. getting all the trophies. And it is, uh, for, I don't, I don't know about, you know, the, the motion sensitive among us, um... I'm scared. I won't. Even, I won't even put the helmet it, on. Uh, I, I think as soon as it just starts, I'll just barf. Like, I don't right know. Like the, there were. I mean, a couple times in the the really intense dogfights where I was, it was just spinning constantly. I was just like, oh, that's yeah, that's 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 a lot. Let's slow it down a little bit. <laughs> um, but I mean, I feel like that's just. I mean, literally a minute straight of just. Right. spiraling to yeah, catch yeah. up to these fuckers. I mean, that's um, kind of what, and then that's the, uh, we were talking about this before we started the show today, but I was talking about how I played the multiplayer and it reminded me of playing Star Fox 64 back yeah. in the days. Like any dogfighting game, the object is to get behind the enemy and then shoot them. So when you play multiplayer, it's just like, just ships just doing loops mm -hmm. and, cir and circles until somebody ends up behind somebody and then they shoot. And I don't know, I, I to me it just... Well, that, I understand it's realistic, and that's how real dogfights dog work, but it's just I don't find it all, all that much fun. Um, I always it, felt like I was lucky. Like, when I would get a kill, it's like I'd do a loop, and I'd come down, and somebody be there. And I'd be like, oh, wow, it finally worked out. I'd fire my missile and get a kill. Like, I just never felt like mm -hmm. it had that much to do with how good I was or how bad that's other players really, were. And I just, that's, like, one of the things I like so much about Ace Combat is how much you, like, if you know about how to dogfight properly, like, you can tear you shit can win. up. Like, it's... Yeah. it's 
and it's even more true in the VR mode. I mean, the VR, I mean, I am honestly like. Is there an online mode for the VR no. stuff? No. I am honestly very tempted to. That get, might be something that they add for free. That would be hard to pull off. I think. Um, be interesting. Uh, That'd be awesome. Eh, I don't know. I don't know how that. I don't know the technical of how that would all work. Uh, I did not find uh, the Eve Valkyrie thing to be all that compelling. Yeah. Um, uh, part of the, the cool thing about the VR missions in this is that clearly they're designed to be VR missions, so there are sort of sections, especially when you're first taking off in the second mission, that are de- designed to be like, like kind of like almost cinemas, like yeah. like you're, you're you know the like ba- an experience. Yeah, like the base experience. is under attack, and like you've got bombers crashing, being shot down in front of you as and you're you get trying that to get that whole sense the, of scale from yeah. it. And, yeah. So there's a lot of that. I, I I mean, but also that's just me not giving a shit about multiplayer for yeah. any reason whatsoever. I have played a fair amount of the multiplayer in this in this one, just because you get massive because the you share. The, the money you get to up to unlock new planes and up, unlock new parts. Yeah, we didn't even talk about the, the, the jet tree, um, actually. The, plane the aircraft, tree. aircraft tree is taken directly from Ace Combat Infinity, the free-to-play game, um, with a lot less grind. Like, uh, although the, the, there is a trophy for getting 40 million uh, MBP or whatever oh they call gosh. it. Oh, my gosh. Which is like, right now I'm at like two. Is that the <laughs> platinum? No, the platinum is everything. But like, oh right, right. But like the there's. But a, is that like a gold trophy? Probably. There's yeah. a there's a trophy for getting four million. And there's a trophy for getting 40 million. Jeez. Uh, 40 million would basically be like play six months of multiplayer <laughs> or something. But like you get, you share, um, you share the uh, tech, the, the aircraft tree and the money with between the campaign and the multiplayer. And if I want a particular, like there was a particular uh, mission where like every, almost every Ace Combat has a mission where they're like, yeah, you're pretty much going to need to buy the A-10. Yeah, like, the bomber. The, um, you know, the tank, the tank buster that just carries endless air to ground stuff. They don't tell you any um, of that stuff either. No, like well I mean like they don't suggest like hey, you might want to use this this ship for no. or this mission like I mean if you I hate the ground target. And you missions. even have to listen to uh, like the briefing uh, which I find I I kind of like it was like if you don't pay attention to the briefing, you're not going to know what you need to be up against. No, you're right. And I'm like uh, sometimes I've replayed the briefing. I'm like, wait, do I need ground targets on this? Okay, cuz you got to pick what your special weapon is and that's yep. where you get your ground cuz you can still fire regular missiles. Uh, you know, Even with a special weapon, yeah. but it's usually better. You know, like the one I'm sure we're, we both have in mind is like a there's a ton of ground targets. You have to get like seventeen thousand points to pass it. Yeah. And like the f- first time I tried it was just like with my standard like F eighteen or F fifteen, and it wasn't working. So I I went to multiplayer and I played like two matches, got enough money to buy the A ten, slapped the the you know the four the four target like long like ground missiles on them, and like just steamrolled it like yeah. if you have the right equipment you're fine Trying those missions with a normal jet with missiles is a pain yeah. like, but I you like crashing like a billion times. but you have to know that like you, yeah. you have to even have enough familiarity with like airplanes to know that there's a you know the game does tell you that there's like you know there's fighters there's multi-role and there's ground strike ground strike craft are red yeah. but there's only like two in the game it's like there's so much uh, pilot chatter from like your teammates but it's never helpful. It's no. like when I start that mission, why don't they say, "Hey, you probably should use the A10 for this mission, but you can probably make it work with what you got." Like something like that. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing like that in this game. It's all banal well, like references to a plot that I don't understand or don't even really want to they, understand. They expect you to know what you're doing, which yeah. is um yeah, they again, assume a lot of the players. Like I don't mind that you assume that in the 7th entry in a series, but like it also confuses me because I feel like this is going to be a lot of, you know, 
like mainstream people's first Ace Combat. Yeah, for you know? sure. Like, because yeah. I feel like this is probably going to be a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like a lot of people like who might be into it if they were able to be eased into it properly are just going to bounce off it the way you did. And, yeah. like, you stuck with it longer than you probably would have otherwise because you had to talk about it on the show. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, once I got stuck on, honestly, once I got stuck on that one mission, and I di- I literally did that before I you told me about the triangle button, I had tried that mission probably, like, 20 times. Mm-hmm. And just couldn't pass it because it's literally just the sky is filled with enemies and I couldn't lock onto them fast enough to take them down before the timer ran out because that was one of the timed missions where if you don't get it done in a certain amount of time, it, you fail it. So... Yeah. Triangle button. Why button? It's the key to this game. If you get this game... Yes, being able to switch targets is... I mean, it's like saying the jump button yeah. in Mario. Because they mean, tell you that triangle switches targets, but it doesn't tell you that you need that to lock onto a target. You have to physically select a target before you lock on. Yeah. That... See, I don't... See, I guess that's... that's so I was just, tapping triangle in my... Never, and would, the reticle was going, like, all over right. the place. It would never, ever occur to me to know that I would have to tell someone that but like it, to me in every other too... fighting fight game i play if i have missiles that can lock on if i put my reticle over a ship it locks on and i fire the missiles but i don't have to hit a button to make it lock on but that's not how planes work nobody knows that though but you you're kind of a buff on jets and planes well, I'm, I'm not i, I just play that... video games <laughs> i mean some of the weapons in the game do that like if you have multi-lock on you don't need to target something to lock on. It'll just they'll just go like that. Yeah, they're like the the SAM or whatever missiles they are. Yeah, those, the, those will lock on. Yeah, there there are but certain ones. But you only ones get are, like eight permissions. Right. Like I only use those when I really like. There are need certain them. ones that will do that. There's like the ground ones that the one of the ground missile types that uh, the uh, A10 uses. That's like that's just scorched earth. Yeah. I mean, it's, you're done. They they literally fly out and just go like they they go over because that's those are great because they don't. Yeah, one of the problems with using standard missiles, especially in that one mission, because there's canyons everywhere, is yeah. you're just hitting walls with the mi- like yeah. you're locking on. You're but you're, but the ground targets, yeah, you have to, yeah. so like the, the ones that just go straight over and kind of like javelin style, like, shunk, yeah, like yeah. those are great. Um, but do, again, I knew to use those because I know those are a thing in air combat. Right. You yeah. know, it's, so uh, it's weird. Again, it is the if you've never played these these games, one of the weird things to me is that they don't care about you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, question, questionable. I mean, even, there's not even like a, we're going to teach you to take off thing. No. Like it's, they it's, just are like, hey, throw you in, you're on an aircraft carrier. Which has never been done in this series. Before. Landing, like of, too, on aircraft like carriers. If you, if you do get this on PlayStation 4 and play Ace Combat 5, Ace Combat 5's tutorial will totally prepare Teach you to you play, to play this, this game. <laughs> but it's it's a like, Ace Combat 5's tutorial takes like 30 minutes to play through yeah. the whole thing because they teach you how to do every though. single individual thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that uh, maybe that's what they were thinking. Maybe that's why we got know. Ace Combat 5 it's with possible. it. I don't know. Yeah. But it just it feels like a big shortcoming to me that they decided to kind of not give any kind. I mean, it's not even like you. you know, the, the tutorials have always been optional. But at least they were there. Yeah, like, give me the choice. Like, yeah. If I get into it and I'm like, I don't need this anymore, then I can just quit. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, super weird. It it's is, super yeah. weird that that's the way it is. But And it's also a genre are. that just doesn't come around very often. So a lot of people right. have, this, don't this, have a lot of experience with it. There and, isn't anything else out there like yeah. this, really. I mean, yeah. the closest would be, I mean, you can't That's even, a selling point for the game, too. Yeah, but you can't even compare it to, like, something like Starlink or Star Fox because those are much more arcade Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, you don't have to lock on to anything intentionally. It just does it automatically. Like it just, yeah. You know, it just directs you to the target. But even, like, you know... Like you said, in a lot of like you know arcadey Star Fox style flight games, 
you can target something to help direct you to it. But if you see another target and you decide to you know, hit it with a missile or something, you can lock on, but usually by holding the button. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's weird to me. That's the biggest shortcoming to me is that... Um, and it, and it doesn't, even, it doesn't well, even affect right. me because I already know already how to play know. it. Yeah. But, like, this is a game that could kind of, like, help be, make the, the series break out and maybe make it so... so it doesn't take Maybe make it so Ace Combat 8 doesn't take 12 years right. to come out. Yeah. And, like, they might have blown it. They might have yeah. blown it just by not thinking about those people. That is something that could be added very easily. Yeah, I would hope they would do that yeah. at some point. Um, that, in fact, I think that would probably be a more important thing to add than more VR That, might, that should be the first DLC, yeah. training. <laughs> Even the VR stuff doesn't have a training thing. Oh, really? So it's like, well, okay. And you have to play that with expert controls as well. Yes, which is fine. Yeah, it, it's not that big of a difference. It's but. much easier to play that in VR because like, you, know, you, you, you see and kind of how the plane's moving already. Yeah. Um, the other thing is um, the, the VR missions take place after the campaign. Okay. Um, which doesn't I mean surprise, surprise. I'm assuming it doesn't spoil it. Not I mean, surprise, not surprise, the good guys win. <laughs> um, but, like, basically, like, there's still, like, rebel elements of the bad guy country that's, right. like, that are, like, raiding your side. And, yeah. like, so you're, you go up to kind of intercept them, and that's how that starts. But it's implied at the end of the third mission that, like, we may have seen a brand new phase start in the war. A new war. I'm a like, okay, well, war. a virtual <laughs> war that's now reality. It's just like, I mean, that's about the level of writing in this it game. It is, yeah. When it comes down to it. Yep. And the, ver the VR missions are actually a little worse in terms of chatter because the chatter seems a little more, like, literally translated from Japanese uh, where you've got, like, guys saying, like, 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 it's an honor to be up here flying with a real hero. I'm like, no pilot would ever <laughs> say that. And it's just not a. It's it sounds like you know Gundam dialogue right. basically, yeah. which is just not how pilots talk. But yep. So there you go. Two different perspectives. One from a fan who's enjoying yeah. it a great deal. Uh, one from a non-fan who has enjoyed parts of it. The other thing about the VR missions that I like is they show you. One of the like the drone thing is a big deal. The other thing is um, the high-level planes have. What's called um, uh, var like variable thrust, like they or they have thrusters that the F twenty two does this too, but the F the thrusters can change direction, so you can sort of like drift the plane. Like you, in, in, this, this is a real thing. In yeah. real, like you can literally flip the plane, and like the, the limitation is pretty much the airframe and whether you're going to pass out. But uh, there's moments in playing the campaign where you're like, how did they turn around that? With the VR, you can follow them with your eyes better, and you can see them do these crazy mid-air 180 right, turns right. that let them like go to guns on you right away from like this crazy like angle right after passing you. And it, it makes me think the fact that drones and that kind of maneuvering is such a big deal in terms of the high-level stuff in the campaign, like, and the fact that it's so annoying when it's not in the VR mode makes me think like I there the VR had to be a bigger part of this in, ori in yeah. the original plans. I that, think it, it had to be. They wouldn't have marketed it the yeah. way that they did initially. It's uh I I I think there's there's stuff behind the scenes there we may never know. Or if, we'll see it as DLC. Yeah. Or and maybe we'll have to pay for it. No, maybe maybe Sony played this and they had your was like like mainstream people are never gonna give a shit about this. Like, yeah, like I don't understand I don't understand what I'm doing. So they yeah. maybe they scaled it way back. I don't know. But, I mean, I wouldn't say buy it just for the VR stuff, but if you already have VR stuff and you are interested in Ace Combat, uh, absolutely buy the PS4 version so you can play yeah, VR. definitely. So Other than go. that, you might want to look at the... If you don't care about VR, you might want to think look at the PC version because I have a feeling that you're going to be able to mod that into a better performing beast. Oh, for sure. Beast. Yep. Uh, I mean, that's just PC games yeah. in general. 
So. so there you go. Ace Combat 7, Skies Unknown. Buy, pass. I think that's fair, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about The Division 2. The people who care about that game already have it. Yeah, they already like, have it. it. And we, had, we got a comment on you. You don't need me to tell me. We got a tell comment on YouTube uh, for, I think it was the PAX video where he picks very loosely like games that he thinks are like candidates for game of the year and one of the comments was ace combat 7 end of story no. so <laughs> there you no. go there are people that love ace combat i, I love ace combat I, that's no. nuts <laughs> no yeah that's ridiculous all right we're going to talk about the division two next we've it's actually... the best game called ace combat this year <laughs> I'll give it that. Uh, and we've, we've kind of just organically talked about The Division 2 over the last couple episodes because we had been doing like previews and things like that and mm -hmm. talking about and we did the draft and it was one of the games that were drafted. Uh, but unfortunately, Ubisoft had a big media push for The Division 2 last week and I think it was probably unpleasantly surprised to find that that was the day that Mortal Kombat was also being <laughs> unveiled. Uh, so this may have flown under the radar for all you guys, but Ubisoft... I didn't notice. Yeah. So Ubisoft did a big push for The Division 2 last week that all focuses on multiplayer. And let's be honest, I mean, anyone who played The Division 1, the campaign was kind of like, it was this thing that you kind of had to get through so you could get to the dark zone and not get destroyed. Like, I don't know. I, I felt like the campaign in the first Division was just completely disposable, uh, completely unmemorable. I don't remember much about it. Yeah, because it was like you're fighting the same group of thugs like over and over. It's like, hey, there's problems over here. You go over, it's the same dudes and the same... These guys have flamethrowers. Right. Uh, yeah. Now we're going to the mall. Right. <laughs> it's gray and covered in snow. Yeah. How original. <laughs> exactly. And I think what a lot of people hung their hat on with the first division was, okay, well, maybe this campaign isn't great, but it, it's a game that has legs. It, it's something that I can play for an extended period of time. It was kind of one of the first games as a service, so to speak at least from a major publisher. Um, so I think the multiplayer in the first one or in the sequel is pretty important. Mm. Because I'm, especially after people played the first division, I think they're going to be looking for, hey, what, what are the changes that have been made to the multiplayer stuff? Because otherwise, maybe they're not going to buy it. If they're looking for a game that they're going to they're pay for and then hope to play for an extended period of time. And so Ubisoft blew out the multiplayer for the division two. The big thing with The Division 1, at least the big talking point, and the thing that you and I talked about a ton on Game Face when it came out, is the Dark Zone. And the Dark Zone in the first one was this foreboding place where you could go, and uh, generally people who had played the game more than you had a huge advantage over you, and it was kind of this Wild West where you could attack each other if you wanted to. The whole crux of it was that you went in, it was more dangerous, but the loot that you got from the Dark Zone was generally way better than what you were getting elsewhere in the game. So it was a risk-reward proposition. And I said that I didn't enjoy it all that much because I felt like every time I went to go ex extract all the gear that I got in the Dark Zone, someone would be waiting there to kill me and they'd just take it. And that was kind of the case for the first like month the game was out and Ubisoft made crazy tweaks to the game and ultimately kind of got it to a much better place. But I think a lot of people are like me. They played it the first month, they went into the dark zone, they got either got their bus kicked or they did okay and someone stole all their stuff and then maybe never went back. So I think a lot of people are looking at the dark zone in the Division 2 as a harbinger of whether they should plan on buying the game or not. So... Um, the first thing we should say is that there are multiple dark zones in this. Mm -hmm. There, instead of just one, uh, there are three plus. 
So the three base ones, the environments are kind of different each, in each one. One's more of like a residential, one's more of like an urban, and then the third one is a mix of the two. I guess maybe that's like right on the edge of the suburbs or whatever. But things change depending on what you do in the dark zone. And I'll be perfectly honest, after watching all the media, reading the press release from Ubisoft, it's still extremely confusing, the different states that you're in when you're in the dark zone. There's like four different ones, depending on what you do. So when you go into the dark zone the first time, there's AI there, and I think that's a great idea. So when you first go in, you aren't going against other human players. You're going against AI, so it's PVE. And you do that until you establish a safe house in the dark zone. And then once you do that and leave, when you come back, you're thrown to the wolves, so to speak. Um, so back to these states. So there's different states that your character can be in, and that controls whether other people can attack you or not, essentially, or who can attack you. Um, and like I said, there's four, four different ones, and they're all reliant upon what you've done. So if you open fire on somebody, like I think in the first one it was you had to open an, an entire clip on someone before you went rogue. Yeah, I mean, the, the difference is that, like, if you aren't rogue in this, you can't be attacked, basically. Like, like, because you could get hit by anything in the Dark Zone in the first game. Right. And if you killed enough guys, you'd be marked as rogue because it meant you were playing, basically, you'd gone PvP. Um, and if you, if you were firing on anyone who wasn't also marked red, you would get the red mark. Yeah. Um, in this, it looks like they're kind of doing almost like a Fallout 76 thing where if you are not rogue, you do not have to worry about that so much. Um, but there's some, but you can intentionally choose to go rogue. Yep. Um, you can choose your whole squad to yeah. go rogue. If you hold the share button, yeah. you basically are making a decision for your entire squad, yeah. which I'm not well, I mean, a big fan of. Well, I mean, if any, we had that in the, in the first game. One of our guys would shoot at somebody else and we were all rogue now. Yeah. Um, and then there's like, there's also other things where like you can, there's, there's drop, you know, there's, you know, the, the airdrops, you can either open the airdrop and take some of the loot that comes out, or you can steal the whole thing, depri <coughs> depriving other players of the loot. And that also makes you a thief. Right. Um, which is kind of the equivalent of being rogue. So then you become a problem. And then if you go rogue long enough, you become wanted. You become a manhunt target. Right. Um, and then everybody can see you, and there's a bigger reward. Yeah, your, head. your state will determine who can see you on the yeah. radar. So if you get to the state that Matt just said, everybody can see you as yeah. a red dot on the map, and then everybody obviously is going to come after yeah. you. And then you get even more rewards if, while you are in that state, you can you know clear your state using a hacked computer, or you can just you can hack a computer to be inoperative. And that gives you more bonus, and then you go to another computer and hack yourself clean, and you get a bigger bonus for that. So, like, basically, they're taking the risk reward thing and saying, like, you can, different levels you can basically it. quintuple down if yeah. you want to. And and it is all risk reward. So the the higher your level, your warning level, your rogue level, mm -hmm. the better gear you get too. Yeah, that's that's the thing. So the risk reward is okay. Well, if I go completely rogue, it's going to be tough. But if I can somehow survive it and escape with it, I'm going to get the best loot in the game, basically. Yeah. And the other interesting change they made was um, that the, 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 the whole premise of the Dark Zone in the first game was that 
everything you found there was like contaminated in right. some way. So you, you had, had to have it clean. You had, you had to get it out so it could be cleaned and identified, and then you could use it. You will find now and two. You will find clean stuff periodically. Yeah, just for that, being in the dark zone. That you that you won't lose it if you die. Like yep. you can equip it right away. Um, so that's a fun kind of twist. Like sometimes you might really just instantly find something great. Um, I mean, it will incentivize people to go in the dark zone. Like me, who did it a few times, I was like, I'm not going back in there. Yeah, I like the dark zone. Okay, but I was with a, a regular group, and like there were several times when we, you know. Like we, you know, go to the go to the the airlift point, and like another group would be there, and a couple times you'd have like roving guys trying to steal stuff. But usually that was like two guys or something, and a couple times they came up, started shooting, and then like suddenly they had nine people pointing guns at them, <laughs> yeah. and they were just sort of like, yeah, we're gonna we're out. No, there are moments like that that you you can see what Ubisoft is going for with yeah. the Dark Zone, and honestly, by the time they had finished with DLC for the first game. A lot of the stuff that we're seeing in the Division 2 was actually in the Division 1. Mm-hmm. It's just that by the time they got it into the Division 1, there was such a small player pool left that only the corest of the core were the people who ever experienced it. So a lot of this stuff that's new to us as people who maybe played it for the first 60 days or whatever isn't really new for people who stuck with it all along. Um, but I think that's the right move. It's mm-hmm. like if you've listened to the players and you've obviously been playing the game yourself a ton... Uh, the tweaks that you make based upon that are probably things that should stay in the test of time and be in the franchise over the long haul. So, um, and there's also the normalization thing. Oh yeah, we we should have brought oh, that yeah. up. That's the probably the biggest change. Because I was saying earlier about how when you go in, when the first game you go into the dark zone, there'd be someone in there who'd been playing the game twice as long as you, and they'd have crazy gear, and that gear worked in the dark zone. Yeah. So if somebody had a crazy powerful gun or something. You go into the dark zone and you face them, they wipe you out. That is changed for this, kind of. So it starts that way. All three dark zones are normalized. So all the weapons are basically leveled out. Um, and that takes some doing. So we'll see how that, yeah. that how that's balanced. But I mean, Even when you do that, I mean, if anyone who played Destiny multiplayer knows that that doesn't always work out too well. Yeah, because even if you, because they're not going to take guns away from you. Right. You're still going to be able to use any gun you want, but they're supposedly nerfing them all so that they're all kind of on evil, equal footing. But, as you know, like you said, there are certain guns that are just, regardless of the firepower, they're just more effective at killing other people mm-hmm. than other guns are. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see if they can actually make it work. It, it seems like to me, anytime games try to normalize, like you said with Destiny, it never really works. It kind of works-ish. It doesn't but... really survive contact with the enemy. Yep. The enemy being us. Yep, you know? exactly. Um, so it takes a while to get tweaked. And in the meantime, while you're trying to like kind of figure out the tweaking on that, your community is screaming at you about how you're terrible. Yep. So we'll see. We'll see how it does. Um, and then there's a, what is it? Is it Occupied? Occupied Dark Zones? Is yeah. that what they call so like that they that thing they even say in the trailer like we don't have footage of this yet. Well, but. so that does so after you finish the campaign, mm-hmm. that's I believe when the occupied zones. Yeah, dark zones will start to become occupied, and you they're you, like the old dark zones. Yeah, then. when you go in, there is no normalization, and they're they're pretty vague on what it actually entails. But basically, the normalization goes away. Gear means what it means. It's basically and, the old dark zone, and like that's where the rewards are the biggest. It that, is. That, like that yeah. seems to be like their intent, intended, like real end game is playing occupied dark zone, where you get the real good. But the other thing that kind of concerns me though is you already have 
the best players going into the occupied dark zone where they are going to get loot and gear that is better than all the other loot and it's like this self perpetuating cycle of yeah, making well, well, the rich richer basically well, welcome to mmos it's like capitalism in a video game basically <laughs> the rich keep getting richer and the poor keep getting poorer well i'm never gonna play any of that me either i mean I, <laughs> i'll I, never make it to, well, i mean i doubt i'm even gonna play the division too oh like, i will i absolutely will um it's just you know that's an end game thing that i'm just never you know i don't have a squad to be with i don't care to do that every night of my life for the rest of the game's existence and that's just you know how it's gonna be. I you know fine if that's I'm if that's how it works out. That's cool, but there's still nothing in this that like catches my attention of like oh I want to play that. I feel like, I still feel like I've done all of it yeah. by playing a hundred plus hours of the first one. It I mean it's certainly just tweaks. There's nothing yeah. revolutionary about it at all. I mean another small note is that when you take damage in the dark zone, you need to use armor kits to replenish it, mm-hmm. and it takes a good four to five seconds for it to work. Eh, I'm just going to play Anthem. <laughs> what if Anthem does stuff that you don't like? Well, at least I can fly. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, and then, finally, uh, the other competitive stuff that they announced was competitive. Right. So, Like standard PvP. But there's only two modes and three maps. Well, I'm sure that'll expand. There's Team Deathmatch, which they call Skirmish, and there's Domination. Which, honestly... In most shooters, you really don't need any more than those Not two really. modes. Like no. that's what the vast majority of that, or maybe maybe you could use a, a like a free for all. Yeah. Thing. My bigger issue is three maps. Like yeah. that's nothing. Where where is your battle royale mode division? Yeah, I mean it would probably work pretty well, honestly. Yeah. In in this game. Um. And yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all the information that they've given us. I'm surprised you have no interest in playing this at all. Because you liked the first Division way more than I did. I did. I just, I feel like it's the same thing. I don't. You got everything out of it that I, you needed. I, yeah, I don't need to go back to that. And I think, honestly, if I, I don't think you stuck around that long. But for people who stuck around to the end of the DLC, there's really not that many tweaks to Doesn't seem Division like 2. Yeah. New setting, obviously. There is a lot of stuff in the Dark Zones. You know, the, the tweaks are shown for the Dark Zone where I'm like... And I don't know how much of that is an overlap from the later, like, you know, like the last expansion. Well, literally, the expansion was the sewers bite me. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was terrible. That's one of the worst yeah. DLCs ever. But it's like, <laughs> there doesn't seem to be any reason why they couldn't have been that way to begin with. Yeah. You know, a lot of what they're doing here. Yeah, yeah. Which I guess is better late than never, but I just... I Just looking at this makes me tired. Like... I spent so it was, I spent so much time playing this game that I got like physically ill looking at the title <laughs> screen after a while. It was just like I don't even want to hear it, and so no, I, I just I'm I'm not gonna do this. Well, it looks like I'll be jumping on that grenade then. I'm not gonna do this to myself again. It's going into beta. I think the first week of February, like February seventh or something like that. I think it goes into beta, open beta too. Everyone will be able to play. You're gonna have to play it, Kyle. When we get into February and there's not much to talk about, you're going to have to play. a lot of stuff in February. Eh, I don't know. We got uh, Metro Exodus. We got uh, Now we're going to talk about that next. There's stuff. There's 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 stuff. stuff. But two uh, games and we have four episodes to to get through. mm. We may have to do some uh, adjusting to your plan maybe. We'll see. I'll definitely give it a run. So one of us will will have the just looking at that game makes me feel nauseous. Just just like like it's like it's so funny too too, because you liked it so much more than I did back when it came out. Just I played it too, much. and I still have interest in checking it out. I played it too much. I mean, I've played a ton of Call of Duty, but I still play more. 
Yeah, I don't care. Right. I, I don't like. It's just the same old, same old. And if I really wanted to play something like that, I just put Ghost Recon in again. It's just it looks the same as every other damn Tom Clancy thing they make. Yeah, I mean that's that's probably by design. Yeah, I mean, but I mean it's like, a brand. But maybe like maybe if I had some kind of attachment to Washington D.C. as yeah. a location, but like yeah. no, nah, just. Have you ever been to Washington D.C.? No. Never. Wow. She goes to the Smithsonian. It's pretty that's, amazing. That is where I would go. Yeah. Yep. That's definitely it's worth a trip. I feel like that's probably to... not in this game though. Uh, I mean, if 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 it is, you're you're not looking at the dinosaur fossils too closely. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty accurate, roughly accurate depiction of DC. It looks like DC if you spend any amount of time there. They've done a good job of just the overall look of the environment. It's like I see it and I'm like, yeah, that looks like DC to me. So, um, yeah, it's coming out pretty soon, like April, I think. Sounds about right. No, March. It's March. March? Yeah, it's, it's March. coming in March. So we only got a couple months to go. And like I said, the beta is coming next month. So we'll all be able to give it a go and share our experiences. So let's move on. We're going to talk next about Metro Exodus, another game that has been in the show for the last few episodes just because of all the pre-2019 mm-hmm. stuff we've been doing. Um, previews, the first hands-on previews ever of Metro Exodus also came out late last week. Did you check any of those out? I didn't even know they happened. Yeah. Again, everything got overshadowed by Mortal MK11. Kombat was, yeah, <laughs> Mortal Kombat just sort of owned the cycle. And deservedly so. And we're going to get to that next. But, uh, but yeah, so they did a big blow, preview blowout from Metro Exodus. And so when, remember when you drafted Met, uh, Metro Exodus on your team? And I was like, you know, the, the studio doesn't have a great history. A lot of the mm. games are really buggy and have all these kind of weird, quirky issues. Well, pretty much every preview that was published of this game talked about that stuff <laughs> yeah not not about how it used to be there that it's mm-hmm. still in this one well it's their first open world and if you think about previews especially in 2019 back in the game trailers days we would mm-hmm. we would offer criticism in previews we would always sort of disqualify it by saying the game's not done it could be fixed but we would point out issues in previews. That hardly ever happens anymore. But with this game, people didn't seem to be too nervous about holding back at all. Uh, IGN's video preview of this game was very discouraging. I mean, literally, like they start the whole thing off with like a list of like 25 complaints that they found yeah. playing it. Um, so I'm pretty concerned at this point. And, and so this is a footage that's been officially released. Watching this footage, I'm a little concerned. It's like, if you remember the debut, it was high action, high octane, really intense. I don't know. Is this doing it for you? What you're seeing? I mean, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like Metro. <laughs> it, yeah, I guess. Like, particularly the outdoor, like, desert environment. That is so not Metro, though. This part is when you're down in the dark and you're using your flashlight and your goggles are fogging up and there's lint on your goggles. Like, that, that's Metro to me. Being out in the desert with these weird creatures coming up from the dirt, though, I don't know if that's... Well, I mean, you're, you're traveling across sort of the steps, uh, you know, that, that's pretty much where you are. I mean, I, to some degree, yeah. On the other hand, it's sort of like, well, I'm glad they're not in the frickin' metro system again because we've done that. Yeah. Um, at the same time, like, the setting sort of feels like, what if we made Rage too boring? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to put it, actually. 
Like even the the guys you're fighting here kind of look like the weird, like the mutant guys from Rage. Yeah, I mean they bit. just look so generic. And the creature design was one of the best things about the debut of this game. Well, Remember how I'm terrifying sure those creatures were? Well, I'm sure they'll, they'll still be in there. I mean, there's a lot of weird creatures in the Metro. I mean, these guys are just like sort of... Fodder. Mutant. Yeah, like you're, you're not looking at the demons or the dark ones or anything like that here. Um, I, I'm sure that stuff's still in there. It's a weird choice to make this your big... like Because like, you, also you can't do the whole, oh, it could be fixed thing in the previous... Because this game's three weeks out. It is, yeah. Like they're playing basically a final build. And yeah. I mean, and IGN wasn't alone, although I would say IGN was probably the most critical, which is very rare. So it looks like this may have been a poor draft choice, but uh, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not. When did you draft it? What? It was like your seventh or eighth fifth, pick? Fifth oh, it was your sixth. Fifth. Oh. In there. It's, mid, it's in the middle. Once the draft is done, it doesn't really matter where you drafted a game. <laughs> I mean, they're your ten games, and that's yeah. that. So it doesn't matter where you got it. Not, not really. That's rough. I mean... The way those guys got out of that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've I've watched a ton of footage of this game in the last week, and I've just been pretty much turned off by all of it. I'll I'll still play it, just because I'm interested in the setting um, and sort of the the world. Like, I like the the Metro games to some degree. I've never been a super fan of the uh, It is funny how you pointed out, though, that, you know, the Metro name comes from, like, the subway. Right. And now it's just the name. Like it yeah, I mean, that's true of the books, too. I mean, they, they, they did, I think, three or four books. And they and eventually like, got out of the... Well, yeah, you can't, spend, you can't spend five years just wandering around subway tunnels. Like, <laughs> but it's the name of the, you know, it's the name of the franchise. Yeah, yeah. So... I mean, one thing I would say is it looks like the gun customization and stuff like that yes. is something that's a little different, a little more robust than most shooters. The gun porn is, is, is still in play, no doubt there. Um, I'm, I'm interested about the survival elements because that was... How about that animation right there where he just went from crouch to standing up in yeah. one frame? <laughs> I mean, at the same time, it's like we whine about how there's no B, B we do. games anymore. We do. Well, this is what they look like. That's a good point. Except the so, problem is this is going to sell for $59.99 and not $39.99. Yeah, well, so did all the B-tier games back in the day. No, no. Yeah. I mean, PS2, toward like the last three years of the PS2 era, all the B games were like $29.99, $39.99. Eventually, but most of the existence of video games, there was no difference between the oh, cost that's true. That's true. Of, of a B-lister and, a, and an A-lister. Um, that is as part of the deal. Um, I will say this: it is coming out in the right time period. Because yeah. if this, ha- if it had serious well, competition, it... I mean, it does have serious competition a week later. Yeah. But, uh, maybe... And it is a shooter too, so. Yeah, I mean, you're 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 looking at similar audiences between this and Anthem. I mean, I think if you're into the gun porn. This is your game. Oh, yeah. Anthem, because Anthem's just nonsense. I mean, this is even more so than, like, Call of Duty, the way that they handle weapons and stuff in this game. It reminds me of something. I can't remember what game it was. Was There was one other game. I know you're thinking about. A game where where they hold up a gun and you sort of modify it, like, there. what was it? It wasn't black, was it? No. No, it was more recent. Yeah, it was. Someone will probably think of it in the chat. Bullets? Was it Bulletstorm? No. no, that was more arcadey. Yeah, but they still is. It's to me, it's the holding up the people the, in the chat are saying this game's gonna bomb. Might it's the holding the game? A crisis did that maybe? Did it? Yeah, crisis does that. Like the where, where you hold the gun up and like you you can like add the silencer and tweak it and stuff. Yeah, that's that's how crisis does that. 
Was that in Crisis 3? It was like 2 and 3 at least. Was it? Yeah. I don't remember that. I think it was, yeah. It was I def- mean, I remember a game that does it. I don't no, remember That was definitely how you modified the weapons in the Crisis games. Was you, you, He holds the gun up and you sort of like... See the parts being the parts. attached. Yeah. It's not as extensive as what was just shown there, but... I think, I think one thing that can save this game is its atmosphere mm. and its tone. Um, these games can be petrifying and claustrophobic, particularly when that mass starts getting fogged up and you can't see and... Mm. Uh, so it, it, it's a, it can be a terrifying franchise at times. And uh, hopefully we see more of stuff like this than the stuff that we saw a little earlier in the sort of arid, like, desert environment. Yeah, I wonder if that was just a poor choice of, you know, demo slice. Oh, it, there. I, you wonder? Like, well, it definitely it, was. Well, in comparison <laughs> to what else you could do, I mean, I can see why you'd kind of think that if you'd been working on these games for a long time, because it's like... Let's show the outdoor You want, you want to show the thing that doesn't look like the other <laughs> right? games. Yeah. But, like, it, that was... Probably not, maybe not a wise choice. Um, but it is an open-world game, so we kind of needed to see what the open world yeah. was like. And I just feel... I mean, I realize the, like the old, that old trailer that was so impressive, the big reveal, was not as, you know... Uh, it was a, wasn't a real-time sort of, like, thing that would exist in the game as real gameplay, which is what you want to show at this demo. point. Yeah. But it was, like, it, it, it felt like a more comprehensive kind of vertical slice of what you're expecting. It, it, well, when you watch that, it looked more like a Call of Duty campaign. Something yeah. where well, that is definitely can... not what this is going to no, be. No, absolutely not. Yeah, and it may be a little bit of misrepresentation, but it's your debut trailer. you got to get people on board. I can, mm. can kind of understand why they would do that. But... Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. It's not looking too good for Metro Exodus right now. We'll see. <laughs> they have three weeks to turn it around, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> you get a lot done in three weeks on a video game. All right, let's move on to our last topic of tonight's show, and that is undoubtedly the biggest story of the week. Not the biggest game, but the biggest story. The unveiling in full of Mortal Kombat 11. Mm. Uh, big event. Yeah, dual. There's like one in LA, one in London. Yep. I mean, they did not both, have both sides of the planet. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, what are your initial impressions, Matt? It's Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like they're not reinventing the wheel so much as like sort of. It feels like they're picking the things that worked over the course of their like last four games and yep. sort of cobbling them together and polishing them up until they they kind of have the ideal Mortal Kombat approach. Or what I think they're doing is that they're just incorporating a lot of stuff from Injustice. They've figured yeah. out what it worked in Injustice and what did not work in Injustice, and then they're mashing that in with MK. Well, that's what I meant. I mean, I said that like a week or two ago about like, I think you can count the Injustice games as sort of part of the iteration of the you know the the, the you know the Injustice games they've sort of they've alternated with the Mortal Kombat games in the modern version, modern era of Netherrealm, and each one learns something from the previous one, whether they're part of the same series or not. Yeah. Um, and we're getting some, you know, like, it seems like they've listened to the community in terms of the complaints about the, uh, the animation. Uh, it's still sort of got yeah. that stiff Mortal it Kombat does, look to uh... <laughs> it, but, like, the, it's not as much, like, weird, like, idle stance things. Yeah. Like, the, most of the moves don't feel like they come off the, uh, the center gravity incorrectly. There's the the the, you know, the YouTube kind of the YouTuber complaint of the uh, it's called fence punching, which is sort of where um, kind of that classic Mortal Kombat like high punch thing, where like it looks like you they're punching. It looks like they're punching over a low fence, yeah, which yeah. is like not how you. <laughs> that's not how you bring power to a punch right, in any right. situation. 
Um, so they they've definitely put more th- more effort into uh, into that addressing that, and everything looks a lot better. In oh, that it looks regard. great. Um, Game looks awesome. And uh, you know, it's got the you know the the, the visuals are still great. The, uh, the the gore is pretty pretty much second to none. Although Resident Evil Two is going to give it a run for its money. I think. Yeah, I, I actually in the reveal for this, I in the comments, I did like a little semi informal poll saying better gore, MK or Resident Evil. It seemed most people sided with Resident Evil, but not because really one was better than the other. They just liked how Resident Evil approached the gore versus how they did it here. Yeah, well, Resident Evil is uh, also Resident Evil's the current hotness. That's so. so awesome, right there, by the way. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah, and he's fine. Yeah, yeah this uh, like just went right <laughs> through his eyeball. Like, the X-ray on the back of his head. Pretty ridiculous. Yeah, I, I mean it is really gory. But the one thing I would say that I like about this Mortal Kombat is that it's bringing back the humor a little bit. Like Mortal Kombat X to me was just almost too much. I mean, maybe I'm getting like old and squeamish or whatever, but. Like, remember we had that montage of fatalities from Mortal mm-hmm. Kombat, and, like, it bothered me. Like, we watched them, and I, I was like... I, th- I think you're getting old. I don't see much difference here. I don't know. I think there's a more tongue-in-cheek, like, they're co- comedic, like... There's a lot more, like, uh, one-liners and quips in this than there was in MKX. That I think they are taking from Injustice 2, and one of the things Injustice 2 did really well was uh, the personality of the characters interacting with each other. Yeah. Not just because just of what they'd say, but what they'd say to each other. Like, the fact that... Injustice 2 had a ridiculous amount of character-specific one-on-one-to-one dialogue. Yeah, um, like before fights, after fights. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, just like individual things that they'd say to... Just know, that. Just those characters. Right. And it hinged on the relationship those characters had with each other outside of the game. And all, it, was, it was very well done. So I'm, I think they are doing that in this. Like, it, there's not quite the rich tapestry of, you know, an 80-year-old <laughs> comic book universe to draw from. Yeah. But clearly... It's funny to say rich tapestry when talking about yeah. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> but clearly there's enough lore that you can make, like, you know, Scorpion is not going to say the same thing to Kano that he would to, to Sub-Zero. Yeah. Um, I don't think we've seen Kano be in this as a playable character yet. But Yeah. Well, they've, they've, but they've only announced, what, like 12 characters so, uh, at this Yeah, point. it's like 24 total, and I think we know half of them. Yeah, Baraka's back, yeah. which is a big deal. Fans have been asking for him for a long time. The bone Claws this time. Yeah, yeah. And there's a brand new female boss called, or named Korinka, mm-hmm. which is, so she's like the main bad guy from the entire, the story mode. Um, there is a story mode that I'm assuming is going to be just like Injustice, which means it should be freaking awesome. Um, and then we were seeing earlier the character variations. So that's something right. that's been brought in from Injustice. Um, you have, there are three presets per character that Netherrealm creates. And then those presets will work fine for competitive play, online play. They're supposed to be normalized, like we were yeah. talking about. And like with those are also taken. The Division Two. Those are actually taken from the earlier, earlier Mortal Kombat's, where they had like everybody had different weapon choices, and then yep. the PlayStation Two X, original Xbox generation that everybody would prefer didn't happen. Um, <laughs> those are those were bad games. They were bad. Um, yeah, that's where NetherRealm kind of lost its way. But for a bit. Uh, yeah, but they've they've learned a lot. And, uh, I mean, people were a little uncomfortable that that kind of thing was coming back for Injustice 2. They was like, oh, I don't know, three versions of everybody. And it, but they did. They pulled it off. So, And then you'll also be able to buy cosmetics. They're saying all the DLC um, is supposed to be just cosmetic, but people are concerned because yeah. there was kind of the ability to buy upgrades for characters in Injustice that actually made the characters better. Yeah, but I don't think that worked in competitive well, right, it, it was, doesn't. And it, that's what they're saying. Those three variations that they created 
will be playable in competitive play. But the stuff that you do on your own will not be. Yeah, that's and that stuff may actually help your character yeah. be more powerful. Yeah, well, though, that, but like you can use it for like, because look, if you want to really want a preview of this game, play Injustice Two. Yeah, like there, there will be. I guarantee you, there will be that like kind of mission mode that Injustice Two that it had that like every week they change it up. It was like a, it was almost like no, a they already game. announced it. Yeah, so it's like it's called all um, that stuff is going to be very similar, and like that's the stuff where you can use this, the the things you can get to power up the character. That's where you'll use those because nobody cares because it's all sort of community versus environment. Right, right. And they said environmental stuff is going to be a much bigger deal. Again, something that comes from Injustice. Injustice, Mm -hmm. that was kind of one of its hallmarks early on. Um, As you mentioned, you're talking about the mode where things come online for a certain period of time. That's called the tower mode. There's going to be two different Mm -hmm. towers in this game. There's going to be the Tower of Time and then Classic Towers. And like you said, they're basically challenges that you get that may only be available for like two hours or two days or a week um, and so it's kind of a way to keep people engaged with the game and always coming back to see hey what's the new talent uh, tower challenge for today or whatever um, yeah the, I think the concern is pay to win DLC though with the variation stuff but again as long as they don't allow them in pure competitive play then it shouldn't be a problem yeah, you're not gonna see that in online versus it doesn't matter yeah everybody and I don't think anybody minds having a, an edge on the Kind of the, the the tower stuff. That's just that's just a feeling of growth. Yep. There's a brand new mode called Conquer with a K uh, that they have not announced any information on. Information supposed to come out uh, uh, regarding that in like two weeks or something mm-hmm. like that. The biggest change that we haven't talked about though is the change to how the meters work. Yeah. They've split them. So it used to be that you had one meter that you use for both your offense and your defense. Yeah, for, now, that was that was one of the and I remember the first you know, Mortal Kombat the 9, the return basically. Yeah. Um, the the meter being shared between uh, combo breakers and supers basically meant that nobody ever used anything but combo breakers. Yep, exactly. Like, it was more valuable to break the enemy's combo than it would ever be to use an X-ray or anything like that. So I feel like NetherRealm has spent several games struggling to find a way to keep combo breakers and that kind of defensive option viable without taking away one of the big you know hype moment elements of the game, the super moves. Which uh, this seems to be their their solution to this by splitting it into two meters, one of which is a cooldown, which is there's a defensive and an offensive meter. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of the FGC, the fighting game community, is well, we're gonna have to see how that turns out. Like, like, there's, yeah. like the, the the reaction has been positive from the, the like people who played it and like got their hands on it, but like. Basically, like everybody was like, we gonna we got to take that cooldown meter into the lab hard and figure out if this is gonna balance right. Um, so it's gonna be that's that's the other thing. It's like even if it doesn't balance right, it ain't gonna be boring. Like there's yeah. a, there's a lot of stuff to learn about this game and how it's gonna play out when it reach you know when it when it, when it, when it hits contact with the competitive community. Um, and that makes it already a more interesting prospect than Injustice 2 was in a lot of ways. They have made some slight compromises for more casual players. For instance, combos are a lot easier to pull off now, mm-hmm. which may anger really good players, but chaining combos together has not been changed. Yeah. So the really good still... players, The really good players will be able to use like quirks of the combat to still do stuff that casuals could never dream of, so yeah. I, I think it'll be all right. But, Within one week, these you know the really good guys, really good players, find ways to exploit 
the stuff that you would never imagine. Oh, like yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's like when I watch Evo. Yeah. And it's like they're playing, like when I watch them play Injustice, it's like they're playing a game I never played. Right. <laughs> I'm just like, wait a minute. Like, well, I, mean, I mean, like the first week of, of 10, like somebody discovered like a 100% co- uh, combo with They somebody. just wiped out the entire and, uh, health meter with and one I, combo. And I learned it and I... I was like, I learned a thing, and I played with a couple of my friends, and then they refused to play with me. So was, <laughs> and then they nerfed it, it two days later. And then it was gone in a week. But... Uh, how do you feel about uh, an impending NetherRealm story mode based on Mortal Kombat? Cool. I like him. Do you like the plot and everything like related to MK? Yeah, I think they're fun. Like, yeah. I, I, I like how they, how, you know, the the how nine sort of re retold one and two and. Um, I don't remember a whole lot about the last one. Precisely, really. yeah. But it's, it's just like fun kind of, you know, it's based on those old like kind of Enter the Dragon style cheesy kung fu movies. That's where they get them from. A little See, bit. that's one, one place where I think Injustice is better than Mortal Kombat. Well, the Injustice, the DC universe is a more compelling group of characters than these guys are ever going to be. But like, you know, it, I enjoy sort of the, the, the try-hard edgelord <laughs> sort of, you know we've brought the things on your binder to life sort of element <laughs> yeah. of this like david jaffe yeah school of game design <laughs> and they can get a little crazy i mean even just look, even raiden's face here almost looks similar to like angry superman and yeah. injustice 2 or it's it like does, yeah. he's just gonna do the things that dc wouldn't let them have superman do yeah. or he's gonna fry people and all that i think this is a case though where you have a video game franchise where I'm also curious. When they created it, they didn't think about the fact of, you know what? This may go on for like 30 years. Maybe we should make sure that our base backstory is something that makes sense and isn't eh. ridiculous. Because I don't feel like this Fight franchise, because it's like... world, whatever. Like but it, the story modes in the in NetherRealm's games are so good that I do care about the story in them. Well, the thing, interesting thing about this one is that basically after you went through the last one, the last one more or less covered three and four um, involved Chinook and all those guys. Um, this is the first one in the modern era where they're going to have to start making new stuff up. And so we've already seen a couple new characters. Um, and uh, I'm interested just because they're going to finally have to forge some new ground with the Mortal Kombat story. And uh, I wonder what they're going to do. Like, they, they've already got the time controlling girl and... A new, that new girl that controls all the blood stuff. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the new girl that controls all the blood stuff. Shao Kahn's back yeah, uh, he as, is. A, as a pre-order bonus. Yeah. And uh, he's looking a little lizardy. Yeah. He looks a little uh, little Goro-ish. <laughs> a little bit of something yeah. going on there. Like I'm, I, I like the 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 batshit image comics sort of of the 90s thing they do with these. They're I forgettable, what, but they're fun. I think what they should do is like in the first five minutes of this one, they should just have some like cop out where they're just like, oh, all that was bull crap. This is what, what's been really going on. And basically a real reboot of the franchise so they can actually have interesting stories going forward. That was two games ago. They already did that. You can't just reboot every two games. I think you can. <laughs> just make up new story. Like, just keep going. It's just so absurd, the whole setup of That's it. That's the best part of it. Uh, it's ridiculous, like, weird kung fu mystical garbage. It's great. It's like a, it's a, it's the B-movie to end all B-movies. I, I think after playing Injustice for, you know, playing its excellent story modes, I just expect a little more. And I just don't know if this franchise... The way it's set up right now is capable of even providing it. Anything's capable of that. All you need is the good. All you need is good writing. 
Yeah. You can make Baraka a good character. You just need to write him well. Like, believe me, there's characters that are that are good and interesting and fun in Injustice Two that I have never found interesting in any other form. Right. Like, it and they make them work because they they had some talent going on there. Like, if, and they could apply that same talent to these characters, and you know, some of these things are going to work. It'll be fine. So there you go, Mortal Kombat 11. I think there's also an open beta coming for this. Yeah. My, and, then, and then it launches in April, I believe. Yeah. April 26th. And then, uh, then we get to start speculating about the DLC characters. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping that John Wick shows up. That would be a good ad, I think, actually. Uh, the problem is that, like... It strangely makes sense. Well, and there's a third movie coming out, so right. it's kind of... The, the, the issue, that looked good, too. The issue is that it is a Warner Brothers production the issue is um same issue with like because people have always said like why isn't neo in it because that's a warner brothers own thing the, right. the, the reason neo isn't in it because it costs a lot of money to license keanu reeves's face yeah that's what that's why um which is why he wasn't in the matrix games right no he was wait the first matrix game he was not in it was all those like big he, characters he appeared uh in it and then in the second one you play as right. him and he sure as hell looks like keanu reeves yeah uh path of neo um, yeah, I mean, that was part of the deal for, for making those games. But if you want to make, you know, it's not a coincidence that all the guest characters in, the, in Mortal Kombat and Injustice have been costumes or makeup. Right. You know, they're, 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 you don't need to pay anyone for the likeness to, you know, for, you don't need An to pay outfit. any actor royalties for the alien or the predator or Jason Voorhees right. or, yeah. or even uh, Freddy Krueger, who's just all makeup. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. But if you put, like, real people in, like, you're going to have to start paying Keanu oh, yeah. Reeves. Yeah. Or you make him not look like Keanu Reeves, at which point, what's the point? But I feel like maybe because John Wick 3 is coming out um, this year, you could maybe finagle a thing where, like, John Wick 3's marketing budget pays that fee. Yeah. And Work you get him in as sort of a, sort of a, a you know, little, little promotional thing. That would be a cool way to do it. There's kind of a similar characters to him already in the franchise, though. But yeah, but but he's such a big deal at this yeah. point. Like, and then you get a new movie. Uh, I think it would be a cool addition. Yeah. Um, so that's my prediction, is we're going to see John Wick <laughs> as DLC. Down what, the what's your hype level for this one on a scale of 1 to 10? Um, probably like 7-ish. Me like, too. Like, I'm eight. into it. Yeah. Um, I would be, I mean, I would be more into it if it was Injustice 3, because like, because I, I, I do, as much as I enjoy the story in, you know, the Mortal Kombat kind of bad heavy metal comic sort of thing, um, the Injustice stories are bad, you know, Injustice 2 story was like a, a lost DC animated universe yeah, for sure. movie that was honestly, the bar really high honestly here. better than a lot of what DC puts out in its animated direct-to-video stuff Right, now, that's what I'm so. saying. That's why, to me, the bar's kind of high now for MK. Like, my yeah. expectations of what I want from this are a little bit higher than they would have been. Well, I will say this, though. After the the big blowout, I'm glad I drafted the game. I think it's going to... I think it's going to score very well. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. But I'm I'm more confident now after seeing all this stuff than I was before mm-hmm. then. I mean, it's, it seems very much in line with what I would expect NetherRealms to be doing moving forward you know yeah and i'm sure injustice 3 will look even better yep just less bloody yep a lot less bloody all right it's time for our trailer of the week for you veterans of game face you know this is the time to get your questions into the chat and since the show's a little shorter today we will answer a few more so get them in there our trailer of the week is for i guess i would say the second biggest game that launched in the last seven days that's not saying much um our trailer of the week is for travis strikes again no More Heroes, which is a Switch exclusive, but nothing like the prior 
No More Heroes games. Well, the aesthetic is the same. Yeah, but the, the gameplay is more like a it's like a top Diablo-ish down sort Diablo-ish of thing. brawler. Yeah, but uh, I have not had a chance to play it. Its reviews have not been really good. They've been all over the place. Yeah, like, there've been a lot some mediocre scores, bad scores, like higher scores that are like if you like grasshopper manufacture you know what you're getting into that's the case um, where the assigning editor probably gave the game to the wrong person on probably staff. <laughs> um, or even like i mean a lot of the mediocre scores are also like it's a it's a grasshopper game yeah. like you you know what you're doing you do you, you know, know what you're this getting is. if it's you play be these rough. before you know what to expect style it's, over substance yeah very much yeah um i still haven't quite decided you know what what uh, if i'm gonna jump into I've it. had money sitting on my Nintendo account literally for like five years. Yeah. $60 has been sitting there for forever and I think I might finally spend a little bit of it on this game. I mean, I love uh, the first one. I love Grasshopper. Uh, I, I hate to admit I don't like it. No More Heroes 2 very much. Uh, so this one I'm kind of like, I don't know. I don't know what to think yet. Well, maybe this trailer will help you decide. Probably not. Might be the craziest trailer of the week we've ever had. There's, a, there's definitely the, the the lure of it is like, how does that all end up in the same game? Yeah, like, it's, it's like you watch that, you're like, this is the same game, all these different parts. That's Grasshopper though. Yeah. Like they, I will say Su- this Su- about Grasshopper. Suda Fifty One don't care. He does. He does not does care not. about like game design rules or anything like no. that. Like like he, that's one thing I'll say about his games is you can expect the unexpected. Yep. A lot of a lot of games are like, okay, but that's not. We're gonna stay in our lane. Like he doesn't worry about staying in a lane. No. He's just like, I came up with this crazy idea, and we're gonna put it in the game. But that doesn't match. The, it doesn't matter. I came up with a crazy idea, and we're gonna put it in the game. So there you go. Travis Rex again. No more heroes. I had my. I had hope for a lot more than what we got with that game. Just in general. Like when mm-hmm. remember when it was first announced, I was really excited for it. I was like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Like although to be fair, it came out faster than I thought it would. Well, th- when we found out that it was like a top down right. beat 'em up. But like, when then, they first announced it at that like Switch Direct thing, like he basically he hadn't even started it. Yeah, yet. yeah. Remember so that? So they made this in like just under two years. I think you can tell. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. All right, let's get to some questions. And like I said, we're going to answer a few more. So um, if you haven't put in a question yet, be patient. You can put them in now, and we'll probably get to them. Uh, w. Matthew, of course, we have to answer one of his. Uh, what's your favorite under-talked-about game from a prior era? For me, it's Crimson Skies, my favorite flight game ever. Well, Crimson Skies that's a is good a pick. really good pick. Yeah, I mean, that's one, that's one of the sort of cornerstones of, of games like that, mm-hmm. the ones that flew under the radar that... Didn't get as much credit as they yeah. deserved. Um, mine, hmm, I could probably list those from all day. Um, 
I guess I would pick... Um, I mean, my, my go-to would probably be Dragon Force on the Sega Saturn, um, which is, uh, you know, the new Fire Emblem seems to be taking some lessons from it, but it was, it's, a, it's a strategy RPG, but you, you pick one of seven kingdoms and basically have to conquer the continent, and the battles are, you know, you're, you have individual characters, but those characters each have armies of 100 soldiers, and of different types, and it's kind of a rock, paper, scissors thing, or more like Pokemon, because there's like eight different things that this beats that that beats this and you have to kind of pick their formations and then like have them charge in and like you know it, the battles actually last a while and they're sort of they have sort of this epic sort of like charge and everybody freaks out and like sometimes you can you can have dragons and vampires and demons and sirens and but all in addition to like normal like uh, enemies and like every every you picked the seven or eight different rulers and each one is a totally different story that kind of comes together to explain the overall story together and i must have played that game for 300 hours in college wow. like I, I played that endlessly it was fascinating to me and i i actually there's a saturn emulator now where you can just put the disc in the pc and it'll just play. Really? And it plays pretty well. Like, and so I played it again. And I, yeah, I got sucked in for like 30 more. Wow. Hours. I was like, no, nah, I got other things to do. That's crazy. Um, but uh, I would kill to see that game get remastered and, and released. It did get a remaster, I think, in Japan on the, on the Vita or the PSP, something like that. But I would love to see that game come back. So that would be one of my... That's one of the games I feel like a lot of people just don't know about because it was they made like a, like a thousand copies because it was a working designs game on the yeah. Saturn you know, like, <laughs> but it was uh, it was fantastic it's, it's one of my favorite games of all time um, I could like Matt I could just name dozens and dozens of games like this in fact I can think of three just for the N64 the rocket robot on wheels yeah. mm -hmm. I'm surprised you didn't bring that one up uh, I bring that one up all the time. You though, do, yeah. So. Space Station Silicon Valley, mm. which was Rockstar, one of Rockstar North's first games yep. when they were called DMA Design, and then Body Harvest for N64. And that's DMA another underappreciated. It's kind of the first real Grand Theft Auto. Oh, it's DMA Design's dry run for GTA 3. Yeah, it was, absolutely. Um, which uh, Rockstar would prefer you not talk about. Yeah, Which I can, yeah, tell, they, you. They I can like, tell you from experience. It's so weird that they try to deny their past. Well, that's the sad their thing past is, wasn't cool enough, I no. guess. No, well, this is the sad thing. Is like Body Harvest is really cool. A remaster would be great. A remake would be even better. But they're never going to admit that that style of gameplay existed before GTA 3. Yeah, and then going up a generation, Time Splitters is a game mm. that I thought was really good that was underappreciated. I mean, I could just go on and on. There's just like every console has at least like a handful. Yep. Of games that just flew under the radar, but were still and things great. that like you're never going to see again because the licensing makes it a problem. Like Beetle Adventure Racing. Yeah, that's another good N64 game that flew under yeah. the radar. Absolutely. So there's tons. Um, Majora Tom ninety one. Crimson Skies, by the way, is available for like ten bucks on Xbox One now. So it is, yeah. Backwards compatible, and it looks great. Yeah, it does. It's really good. So I highly recommend trying that out. I like questions like this one from Majora Tom ninety one. Which do you think is more likely to happen in twenty nineteen? All of Sony's current slate of upcoming PS four games release, or Star Wars and Jedi Fallen Order actually release in the fall? Or three choices. Or Microsoft puts out a worthwhile exclusive game for Xbox One, not named Ori and the Will of the Wisp or Forza. Uh, I think Jedi Fallen Order coming out this year is the most likely of those yeah, three Yeah, definitely. Things. Yep. It has to. 
especially after what just happened with EA and Star Wars. Yeah. Right? There has to be a Star Wars game this year, and there's only one announced for this year. Yeah. It's coming. Like, if, if EA and Respawn have to hire another hundred people to come in and work on that game to get it finished, yeah. they'll do it. Respawn will get it done. I don't know if it'd be yeah. good, but Respawn will get it done. Absolutely. Um, as to your other stuff, uh, the three PS4 games, that's probably the least likely. Yeah. Of the I three. mean, Microsoft releasing a Worthlux, that's a, that's a pretty good long shot, too. But uh, I just, I have a hard time believing that We'll see. We'd see all of those this year. That, yeah, I think mean, that's the least likely because you don't need that. All, yeah, all of them. Frankly. You don't really want it. Yeah. Uh, the third, the third option was Microsoft puts out a worthwhile exclusive game. I think Gears Five is going to be a worthwhile exclusive game. For, is it going to yeah. be uh, as good as God of War? Probably not. But I think it's going to be worthwhile. Yeah, for cer- for certain. Definite. I mean, there's clearly there's people that are just not going to be interested <laughs> in Gears, no matter what you do. Um, but that's true of anything. I think Gears Five will be. A, Solid. And he, he must have forgot about Crackdown 3, I mean. Oh, I don't, th- I, don't, I don't think anybody forgot about Crackdown 3. <laughs> is there another game more worthwhile than Crackdown 3? Bring back Fable. I'm down with that. I am, And I have a feeling that that is absolutely going to happen with one of these new studios that they just bought. Uh, freeze frame rate with the great reviews of Resident Evil 2 out today on my drafted team. Which game do you think will have better sales, RE2 or Kingdom Hearts 3? easy. I think that's Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah, it's easy. It's it's definitely Kingdom Hearts 3, without a doubt. You got a whole generation been waiting their whole lives to play that game. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna, yeah. I think it'll double the sales of Resident Evil 2, at least. I mean, it is the number one question we got on, through fan email on X-Play since, literally the day Kingdom Hearts 2 came out. Someone sent us an email saying, when's Kingdom Hearts 3 coming out? And it was the most common question till the end of the show eight years later. I'll tell you what blew my mind is last week Square Enix put out like a fan trailer for Kingdom Hearts 3. And we didn't curate it because it was all just like propaganda, like BS. We don't post everything. We actually do make cuts and mm. we, did not, we did not curate this trailer. But I was taken aback by the range of people that were in it. Literally. You had... Five-year-old kids. You had a 45-year-old dude. You had a 27-year-old woman. You had a bunch of tweens. I mean, it was just the gamut. That that game is gonna sell like yeah. crazy. It crosses like, like demographic lines like nothing else. They start getting those commercials running on TV. It's gonna be a stampede to buy that. And game. let's also not forget, it ain't rated M. Yeah, that's yeah, true. There's some people, you know, you've not that it's a reason to not do it, but like you've limited your audience to some degree just by being as nakedly gory as Resident Evil 2 is, which I love. I think yeah, it looks yeah. great. But there's people that I know will just not play that, but they would play Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah. Kingdom, I, Hearts, Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to, I think, surprise people how big that thing is. Yeah. I mean, I think Resident Evil 2 will do pretty well. Oh, yeah. Resident I mean, Evil it'll 2 probably end up selling five, seven million, something like that. Yeah. Also, I mean, it's the first Resident Evil I've been interested in years. Yeah. I think years. a lot of people would agree with you on that one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But, but I, to be I, fair, Resident Evil has never been a gigantic seller. It's been a great seller, but it, it's yeah. not like Red Dead, like Smash Brothers. Yeah. It's a, it's one of Capcom's bigger, bigger franchises, but like, it's not... I Monster mean, Hunter. Yeah, they had to whore out Resident Evil 4 to, like, tons of consoles yeah. to get their money back on that game. So, it, it's I not... I mean, that was partly a, fa- a, a 
function of GameCube, GameCube being yeah. GameCube. But. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Joaquin Dragoon, are you guys looking forward to Kingdom Hearts 3? You are. Uh, yeah, you are. I wouldn't say I'm missing it, Bob. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to play it because I, I can't not play it. But, I mean, Kingdom Hearts is nonsense and has been for, like, some would say forever. I would say Birth by Sleep kind of crossed the line for me. Yeah. into like Birth by Sleep is a good game, but it hit the point with the lore where I'm just like, I don't... I mean, it's not that it's it's hard to understand. It's just convoluted, and there's clearly no plan, yeah. you know? And like it's, it's kind of like how Lost got. Yeah, where you're like, that's a good look, dude, I re- you're not. I know you don't know what the polar bear is. Well, yeah, they okay? just gave like, up yeah. on a bunch of stuff right. on that show. They never ever like rectified yeah, it's like, like, a King handful of, of things. Kingdom Hearts is like an anime written by J.J. Abrams. It's just a bunch of <laughs> it's a bunch of questions and weird things that like he's just going to worry about it later if he ever has to finish it. And like I get, I, mean, I don't even think this is going to fully end anything. People think that like Kingdom Hearts 3 is the end of the series. Like I mean yeah. sure I'm, I'm sure there'll be some weird teaser at the end where yeah. like they can I mean unless Disney's just like please just end it so we can all stop talking to each other. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Because it's the only time they have to talk to Square Enix. Well, at the very least, Remember it's they like... they set up that division just for that purpose. Right. Well, at the very least, it's like, please stop letting Nomura do them because right. he takes a, de- a decade. Yeah, at like, least. If you don't want if you want your game to come out while we're still young, don't give it to Nomura. Yeah. That's kind of the rule here. Now I, he's on Final Fantasy VII Remake, so we, he just can do that for the next 20 years. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he may not be alive for the end of that one. Uh, am I looking forward to Kingdom Hearts 3? Kind of. Not a lot. I mean, I'm not it's a, more big like a morbid fan. curiosity. Yeah. I would say. I think that's what that franchise is in general for me. Is like, how are they going to? Oh, they don't really make it work. That's kind of you know, what I thought. No. The other thing about it is, like, I would be looking forward to it more if it had more worlds in it that were my wheelhouse. Yeah. But like, it's interesting that Kingdom Hearts three. If you judge it by the worlds they've chosen, Kingdom Hearts three is being very is very much made for today's 12-year-olds. Yeah. You know, with, like, all the modern hotnesses. Yeah, yeah. As, uh... Because that's the funny thing, is I remember playing Kingdom Hearts 1 and thinking, like, wow, we're going to put Tarzan in this? Like, you know, was, you know, Tarzan's just the new boy on the... You know, right. And now it's like, Not Tarzan's <laughs> 20 years old this year. That's crazy. So now it's like, Tarzan, that's a classic, you know? Yeah. Um, but I remember being a little... Feeling a little weird that, like, they were putting so many recent movies into Kingdom Hearts 1. I mean, that's what they do, but That's though. what you have to do, because that's yeah. what the kids are watching on their... They got to hook all... Their DVDs. They got to hook this generation of 12-year-olds right. so that when they're 30 and Kingdom Hearts 4 comes out, right. they still want to buy it. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, uh, Alex Sifted Mod, what's on your Super Bowl party food menus? I don't know. I don't know either. Oh, I make a buffalo chicken dip for every football party I ever go to. So if I go to a Super Bowl party, I'll take buffalo chicken dip. And I highly recommend making some and eating it right now. <laughs> it is so good. <laughs> buffalo chicken dip is the bomb. We got a, was it, um... We ordered sandwiches last night from a place called Fat Sal's, and the thing that my girlfriend got was a, um, it's it's a just it's they take like full like buffalo chicken tenders like uh-huh. and they just put it in a sandwich. It's Works like, for me. It's like this. It's just <laughs> buffalo sauce, giant chicken tenders, uh, and like and you can get it with with like the the buffalo sauce and blue cheese dressing and as the whole thing. And she didn't get it this way, but optionally you can get it with I'm not making this up mozzarella sticks on it. And fries on it. 
So fries, that's the thing in Pittsburgh from a restaurant called Pramani Brothers. On all their sandwiches, they put French fries and coleslaw on top. <laughs> so that doesn't sound as strange no, to me. I'm sure, but, yeah. But I just, I've never seen mozzarella, mozzarella sticks, sticks mozzarella on sticks, a sandwich. Mozzarella sticks is one of their standard <laughs> toppings you can choose on their sandwiches. They're not named no one fat, sal's called fat sal's for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll have you, to stop by there. Yeah. It sounds pretty good. <laughs> They're better in person than getting delivered. Because yeah, because it's all fried and yeah, it's it all does, congealed it, yeah, and nasty. Yeah, it doesn't travel too well, but it still tastes pretty good. Uh, here's J. Reed, J. Reed Vic 7. For me, Rise of the Tomb Raider is one of the rare games this gen where a sequel raised the bar and elevated a burgeoning series to new heights like Assassin's Creed 2, Mass Effect 2, Uncharted 2, etc. Why does it seem like most sequels this generation have failed to do that? Whether it's Wolfenstein, Destiny, Shadow of War, etc. Um, I would say Shadow of War did do that. With the Nemesis system? The, ne- the advances in the Nemesis system and kind of the larger scale battlefield stuff. I think Shadow of War did that. Um, I think part of it is like, I think Rise of the Tomb Raider uh, and Assassin's Creed 2 both uh, benefited from the fact that in large part those two sequels were okay, you're f- the first one did okay, now you can make a one with a more freedom, a bigger budget to do all the things that you had to cut from the first game. Yeah. That was definitely what happened with Re- Assassin's Creed 2. Um, and I think Rise of the Tomb Raider feels much more like a full realization of what they were trying to do with the first Tomb Raider, but maybe we had, we're still trying to figure out what it was going to be uh, before they could do that. Uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, not so much. But yeah. um, I, would say, I would say that happens more often than... than than I would sometimes expect. I think Shadow of War pulled it off. I'm trying to think of other games that expand. I mean, Resident, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, but that was an eight-year development yeah. cycle. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting idea, like, interesting question. I think it's just tech, honestly, because last generation was the HD era. There's a lot of innovation going on. There was a lot of game design innovation going on. You're seeing the maturation of the open-world game, you're seeing the genesis of the game as a service. This generation, we never saw the leap technologically that we saw in generations prior. And I think that overall has kind of thrown a wet blanket on innovation in mm-hmm. general. Well, I think because if you don't have a 4K TV, there you haven't seen a lot isn't of benefit. Really an innovation yeah. There. And I think that that's just kind of been a blanket sort of theme across mm-hmm. the industry for this entire I generation. I'll tell you what, I do hope gets a sequel like that is Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. I'd agree. The other thing I would say, too, is that the second of everything is almost always the best. So if you look at most of your favorite bands, their first album is what puts them on the map. The second album is almost always their best album because they know at that point they know what their sound is, but they've refined it and they found a producer who knows how to produce it. The other thing with music is that for a lot of bands, their first album is a collection of their first EPs or their first singles that they put onto an album. Maybe they add like one or two more tracks. The second album for a band is always a brand new collection of songs. Now that they've figured out the studio, their sound, who's gonna produce their stuff. I think if you look at almost any entertainment medium, the second of everything is almost always the best. Unless you're Iron Man or Thor. Look at Star Wars, there's another example. Empire, yeah. It's. 
It's very common. In, Not true in the prequel trilogy. No, but, no. Uh, it's it's but it's very common in any entertainment that the second installment in anything is the it best. It can be, but there's also the, the you know the, the term sophomore slump. Devil May Cry two, thing. an exception, obviously. Yeah. But not there aren't many. I would argue Halo two, uh, which is mostly half a game. Yeah, um, that was. A, I mean, Halo three to me is still the best Halo game. Yeah, but that's the third one. Right. Halo Halo two I thought was a letdown at the time. Yeah, maybe I thought um, the story was maybe a little disappointing because of how they had hyped it up before it came yeah. out. Yeah. And because it took you away from Master Chief, and because it ended suddenly, it was yeah. just like, oh, wait a minute. It didn't even have that level they showed. I remember I went to Microsoft to play that live and for a review with like 20 other people or whatever. And I could not believe when the game ended. Mm-hmm. Because I looked over, and I think I was playing next to Dan Shu from EGM like the whole time. And he was a little bit ahead of me. I had taken like a lunch or something. And he was a little bit ahead of me. I looked over, and he was... I guess I can spoil it now, but he was in that part where you're just riding the warthog through that mm. crazy, almost like half pipe thing, and then he like put the controller down and like just let it sit there, and I, I was like, oh, did he finish it? And I like looked away, and then I got to that part of the game. And I was like, there's no way this is the end, and sure enough, that was like the last sequence of the game. I'll never yep. forget that. Like, uh, yeah, but then you know, playing is. I didn't hate playing as other characters as much as other people did. I just never found the Arbiter particularly compelling, um, especially when you got so little story. It's like yeah. it's like my thing with that is like if you're gonna split that, you better give me double the content. Yeah. Because or you better tell a complete story, which they did not. They yeah. they, they punted because they knew they couldn't do it on the Xbox original Xbox. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. They so, knew. They knew. Yeah. No matter what they put out as Halo Two, as long as it wasn't a piece oh, of yeah. crap, it was gonna make them a ton. I mean, of Halo money. Three got it done in in style. That was fine. But yep. Like, Two, I was like, I played that co-op, and I was, we were just like, really? That was, really? Okay. Uh, I feel like that's more, usually tends to be more true of video games. Like, the, the perfection, perfecting the second installment is, because development... The idea's is, not dead yet and tired yeah, yet. Yeah, development is so iterative that it's like, that's kind of your sweet spot, where we proved ourselves, and now we were free to do the things we wanted to do, but had to cut for time or, or you know, skepticism. And... Uh, Almost all my favorite bands their second album is their best one. Beastie Boys, Paul's Boutique, hands down, their best album. I could go on and on. But it, it tends to extrapolate across almost all entertainment for whatever reason. Can. I don't know. Mo- movies, I think we remember the good number twos and forget the the number two number twos. Oh. Um. <laughs> the number two number twos. <laughs> Uh, let's see, Justin Horman. So these Sonic the Hedgehog Green Hill Zone scented candles <laughs> recently went on sale in Europe. What's the weirdest gaming merch you've ever bought or been sent from a publisher? Anything you wouldn't actually advertise to your friends that is something you owned. The weirdest game merch I think we ever, I ever saw was when the uh, Take Two sent you the the Man razor Hunt the stuff. razor wire Garrot. For for manhunt, like yeah. they sent you a wep like a murder weapon. Basically. Yeah, they did. I mean, rock back then, Rockstar swag was insane. Yeah, like they sent baseball bats for Grand Theft Auto Three. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they sent weapons. That's yeah. what they used to do. They would send weapons to game weapons journalists through the mail. <laughs> but the one thing that they sent me that Matt is talking about, and that was exactly what I was going to say too. It was like a piece of barbed wire with two like finger rings on each yeah, leather about, finger straps yeah, yeah and you could just grab it and literally it was made to put around someone's throat and kill yeah, them yeah it was and it came 
Yeah, and it came in like a little like uh, leather pouch. Mm-hmm. It would like roll up and then fold up and fit perfectly in this. Actually, it was like a, a velour pouch, like Crown Royal or something. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I cannot believe, I still can't believe that they sent me that. Mm-hmm. That was for Manhunt, though. Yep. There's other things. I mean, there's uh, the giant floppy purple dildo from Saints Row 3. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was a weapon in that game, and they sent out life-size real ones. Dildos um, to editors, yeah. Uh, we got some complaints to HR about that one. <laughs> um, it's like, we didn't sell it. Yeah. We didn't know what it was till we opened the box. Um my, uh, I have the, the Metal Gear Solid Revengeance uh, press kit. Was it's a it's Raiden's severed arm? Oh yeah, I remember with that. A, yeah. With a, a USB <laughs> so cable coming out of it, and you plug it in because there's a USB drive in it. Like so, you plug it in, and like that's where the press assets were. I still have that because it's ridiculous. It is so ridiculous. These companies wasted so much money on the dumbest crap. Yeah. Um, those are the ones that jump out at me. And then you get some, like, I got some that were in, like, puzzle boxes, right? They're, like, literally want, made you sit there and, like... Right. Open. It's like, bro, I need the code so we can play the game. It's like I... T- or the, uh, what, we got a, a chain sword for uh, Space Marine, Warhammer 40,000 yeah. Space Marine. Yeah. It's on a full-size chain sword, which we thought was fun, but it was sort of this thing of, like, and then what? Yeah. And then and then the other <laughs> problem we had with that, because at the end of G4, we had to get rid of all this stuff. We had to get rid of everything. Yeah. So we were trying to give it away. The problem was we had trouble getting rid of the chainsword because we'd used it in this skit where Blair fell in love with Blair Herter fell in love with it and like there was a scene where like he was they were all he and the chainsword were all oiled up in bed together and so it was still sort of slippery uh, it was still a little yeah I wouldn't take it and so I was like mm, <laughs> no and like you could never get it all off like yeah. the, the lube was still there and you could never fully get rid of it and eventually uh, one of I think one of the the one of the girls who worked in another department but did like like LARPing like cosplay stuff like thought it was cool and we're like take it <laughs> just, <laughs> and like we're like we're like this just make sure you use gloves and she's like nah it's fine <laughs> like, whatever like, so we took it she took it it's fine uh let's see if we got some more um, do you think final fantasy characters will appear in kingdom hearts 3 from less david he also says dragon force and saturn rocks mm. so it does uh, maybe I don't know. Is that, they haven't really shown that, have they? Like no. Final, Final Fantasy characters in there. Nope. I mean, if they do, there'll be like it'd be like the other games. It'll just like it'll be like a quick cameo here and there, like be like a Moogle somewhere or something. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'd be a little surprised if they didn't, because that's sort of a, you know, that was sort of the original hook of the series. But I guess Sora and company have sort of come into their own as their own characters. So maybe you don't really need them anymore. And you're certainly not getting David Boreanaz back for for Leon, so I don't know. Um, um, another one from Majora Tom ninety one. Any games coming this year? You think run the risk of bombing? Other than Metro Exodus, um, I think the Division Two has a chance of bombing. Yeah. Relatively speaking, uh, like it's yeah. not going to sell nothing, but I think it right. could sell like a million and a half or something weird. Yeah, it's possible. Um, I don't know. I don't. Have, I'm trying to think Metroid Prime Four. <laughs> Metroid's not coming out this year. Yeah, it's just a joke, anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of stuff that we're just not even thinking of because it's not. 
they're not high profile games, but if you're talking about like things that are like big games that like crash and burn and we didn't expect, yeah, Division Two could underperform. I don't know about bombing. Crackdown Three. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's just I mean, that's gonna bomb. But is it a bomb when you have really low expectations from the beginning? I don't know. I'm just happy to see the back of it, frankly. <laughs> like, yeah. Just get it out so we can clear the pipeline and Please. start doing something new. So we can move forward. Yeah, that would be great. All right, so I think that's it for the questions. Uh, one more thing before we go. Uh, first of all, so we obviously do our own fantasy draft, Matt and I, but the uh, website and the rest of the world apparently has gotten yeah, in. Yeah, really, really the new hotness <laughs> this year. <laughs> yeah, and no one's give us credit for it. Uh, which, whatever. It's like, what credit are they going to give us? Yeah. But, I mean, hey, it's, not, it's not like the, it, no one else could come up with that. But, but nobody did. Yeah. And nobody did it for four years after we did it for the first time. And uh, so, yeah, lots of people have started doing video game fantasy drafts this year. They say imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, so I guess I'll take it. Um, but on the flip side of that, we have a league going on on Sifted right now that has 11 or 12 people in it. And... It in the over the entire weekend, I picked like three games. Hmm. It, so, I, it sounds like a, a league fully used. We're picking. <laughs> we're exactly. We're picking on Discord, and so since people are scattered all over the world, it's like once it's someone's turn to pick who lives in Japan or Europe, depending on what time of day or night it is, it's going to be twelve hours until they make their pick. So our draft has been going really, really slow, but. If you're not interested in doing something like that that takes days and days, uh, Lashik on Sifted has started, actually he started this last year and he built like an app for it. And basically all you do is you go and just pick any 10 games. You're not taking turns picking with anybody else like Matt and I do or like we were doing in the other league I was talking about a minute ago. You literally just pick the 10 games that you think are going to score the highest. And he did it last year. Um, and there's a champion from last year, and we're doing it again this year. It is in the forums on Sifted. If you want to find it, it's very easy to find. If you cannot find it, just at me in DMs on Sifted, at Shane, and I'll point you in the right direction. But we have a ton of entries already. I already put my entries in, and it's very simple. He has, set, he has built like a site for it already, where you just use a drop-down menu, and you just choose your 10 games and click Submit. And uh, whoever wins that, I'm going to come up with something to give the champ. Uh, so that it actually has some meaning beyond just having some fun. So like I said, it's in our forums, easy to find. If for some reason you cannot find it, just hit me up. We should be promoting it in the next day or two as well on the homepage. So keep an eye out, eye out for that. Uh, it's awesome though. He actually went and built like an interface for this, which is awesome. And to all the people doing fantasy drafts out there, enjoy. Um, it's a little disappointing that they are not at least mentioning us and saying, hey, this... This website sifted started this years ago and now we're doing it. It would be nice if somebody did that, but whatever. It's cool to have come up with something that you're seeing other people doing and enjoying, so so be it. That's the way it I'll goes. I'll give you a game that might bomb. Rage 2. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, it's just sort of how Bethesda's, it's Bethesda's game. <laughs> stuff rolls. The, I mean, not, not, that it, not to say it's going to be bad and bomb, yeah. but I feel like Days Gone might underperform. Like I don't, I don't know how much. It's gonna be a pretty big drought between PS4 exclusives, like yeah. big time PS4 exclusives. Somebody on YouTube also gave me crap today because Days Gone was like number eighteen out of twenty on, our, and you know we were, I was like, it barely made it in, bro. And he's like, that should be in the top five. I'm like, I, that's 
ridiculous. To you know me. How it's, it it's is. such an uninteresting looking game. You to know me. how it is. It's, <laughs> wow. I mean, I'm. A, it's not. Like I'm not going to play it because. Well, yeah, we're going to play it. It's a first party yeah. Sony game. But of like, we're play it. Oof. Like I just. It looks like. It looks like it's just created from the parts of lesser games. Yeah, it's, I guess my point is that there are still true believers out there on that oh, game. Oh, yeah, but yeah. I don't, I, I, that doesn't mean it's going to sell. I yeah, mean, that's true. That would, again, be like a Division Two thing where it's like it just underperforms. It'll yeah, it'll bomb. still sell okay, yeah. yeah. All right, so that's it for Game Face episode 154. Thanks for watching, everybody, on the stream, for asking great questions at the end of the show. Everybody watching on YouTube, thank you for your support. As I said at the beginning of the show, it would be awesome if you could kick us at least a dollar a month on our Patreon. It's a dollar, and it would make a world of difference to us. If all you guys gave us a dollar, our world would change. It literally would. Shane wants his $2. Yeah. (laughs) What was that from? Better Off Dead? Better Off Dead, Yeah. yeah. Another classic. Um, but if you can't do that, please hook us up with Twitch Prime. The instructions are in the directions below. It's very easy. If you've already connected your accounts, it literally takes three seconds. So, but you do have to do it every month and re-up it. But uh, for those of you who are doing that already, thank you very, very much. We really appreciate it, and it is making a difference. So big changes coming to our Patreon this week. Keep an eye on it. Uh, once we have it all done, we're, gonna, we're not going to do it all at once because of kind of the way Patreon works. You kind of do stuff like that in shifts um so it's going to be a gradual rollout throughout the rest of the week but once it's all done uh we will promote it on sifted and you guys can go check it out so thanks to everybody for watching no matter you're watching on the stream you're watching on sifted you watch it on patreon you're watching on youtube we love you all so thanks have a good night game face is up and out